Hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 93 is here. It's the SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Hello. <laughs> Who's been replaced by... Was that, uh, was that one of Jar Jar Binks's kind? One of his buddies? Ooh, no, 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 it's not. Oh, man. Is that the Macho Man? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Macho Man is in the house. Uh, it's going to be a fun show today. We're going to... We're going to do, well, of course, we're going to talk a little bit of Avengers, obviously. Uh, no spoilers this week, though, so don't worry about that. Um, oh, we can of, spoil it. Spoil it. The spoil ban's well, been lifted. You know what? It's I don't lifted. fucking care. I don't care that the Russo brothers said we can spoil it now. I don't fucking care. I'm not going to be the one that spoils it. So don't worry about this show being spoilers. If you haven't seen I'm gonna Endgame. I'm going to spoil it. He, no, he's not. I'm going to bleep him I'm and gonna. edit him. I'm going to bleep him <laughs> if he starts spoiling it. No spoilers here, so don't worry. Uh, but we're going to talk about some other stuff, too. That's not Avengers. <laughs> and uh, and it's going to be a fun show. we got all sorts of good stuff this week. But before we jump into anything, uh, Seth, longtime listeners of the show know that you have a mortal enemy in the animal <laughs> kingdom. And and it's it's been well documented. And it sounds like another another chapter of the saga of you and your arch nemesis has been written. <laughs> The evil lion scars back. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, yes, the 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 in the past, uh, probably a year or two, well, a year ago, maybe. Listeners would know that I had an encounter with a goose, probably well, multiple <laughs> geese, but one one goose in particular that that uh, is scarier than than Pennywise and and uh, Chucky combined. It's real life horror, real life animal horror. Uh, but this time of year, uh, in Iowa, the geese are back. They've returned, and they, they this this is the time now. Like, cause w- when they first show up in probably late March, they're they're just there. They're they're doing the dirty deed all over the place, and now the the results Wait. of that dirty deed shitting or fucking uh, well, both actually a lot of both. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, the the results not only of the green shit all over the. The, the trails, but they're the children are here. Uh, one of the many reasons not to have kids is that they're make geese evil. Um, Goslings. They make they, they they make they make anyone who has kids they become evil after having them. They become overprotective, and that's what geese do. And so, I, uh, I you know I like to like to get out for my morning run, and uh, it, it's it's very questionable in the morning. To know if it, where they're going to be because it's a little dark and it's, you know they're just waking up, and so these geese line themselves. I swear the entire, the entirety of my trail, they're everywhere. It's it, it sounds like there's fucking rattlesnakes everywhere because they're hissing at me. Because people who people who don't know, geese like to hiss uh, when they're, when they're threatened, which is just a completely ridiculous thing. A bird can hiss. Don't like, they? Don't they have teeth too? I I don't know. Like I, I I try and run past them as fast as I can, but it's like the first time for for those who have never experienced a a, a goose hiss at you, it's probably the most terrifying thing that's ever happened because you you know you you've seen hundreds of birds in your life, maybe even thousands. There's there's so many birds you've seen, but when one of them decides to hiss at you, that that's that's like a life changing thing. That that. If you have testicles, that makes your testicles go up into your body. If you have ovaries, it makes them come out. Like it's it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. 
Geese um, are just fucking up your sex organs. They, they are. By the way, they, they do are. have teeth, and don't Google it, though, because it's horrifying. It's the worst. Yeah, just, um, but they do have teeth, in case anyone's wondering. Luckily, I've never been bitten by them, but now that they're back, and they're, they're I've now seen some of their little babies uh, that I really want to just stomp on. Whoa, hey now. I'm going to become a... It's pretty fucking hardcore. I just, I'm just sick of them being around. I'm so tired of it. Because, like, there's ducks that walk along my trail. They're nice. They, I, I can go say hi to them. I can pet them. I don't actually pet them. But I I can stand right next to them and they don't give a shit. But you get fucking four foot from a, from a goose and it starts hissing at you. They are now at the point where they're just standing right in the middle of the trail again. And I don't know how to solve this. I don't know what to do. <laughs> because now... Now I'm I I'm looking like I'm fucking Ethan Hunt trying to sneak past a you know a, a bank vault into a bank vault or something because I'm like tiptoeing by them and the whole time they're just staring at me hissing at me and you can't run by them because then they charge you if you're threatening they charge you but if you kind of walk by them I look like the most ridiculous person in the entire world. <laughs> I gotta set up some... a trail cam to catch capture some of this. <laughs> well, now I've been getting angry at them because that because again I could be ten feet and they start I start hearing hissing. And so now I'm hissing back at him because I'm I'm tired of this. So, <laughs> oh my god! So now I'm tiptoeing by him. I'm hissing at him. I'm just getting pissed at him. And and I swear I'm gonna bring a baseball bat or something. I actually don't want to hurt these things. I really don't. Um, but they're such dickheads. They the, the 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 these geese are like the fucking Kevin Spacey of animals. They're the worst. Oh man. Yeah, that does sound like the worst. So you're hissing back at them. Do they do yeah. they respond to your hissing? One of them did look surprised when I did it, and honestly, I was surprised too. I couldn't control myself. I just did it. I hate them, man. They're they're the bane of my existence. They're they're the worst things. They're, they're and, and it's not even logical where they show up either. Like most of the time, like I run next to a river, whatever. But then there's times I won't even take the river trail. I'll be like in the middle of like a grassy plain with a trail in the center, and there's geese there. There's not even water. Like, what are you doing here? Like, I think I think they just show up. I think they just show up wherever I am. I'm gonna wake up to a goose at the edge of my bed tonight, hissing at me. It's gonna be worse than hereditary. I would pay to see the, all kinds of that. That that would be Seth versus the geese. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna make a comic book, and it's gonna be about you fighting geese for no good reason at all, other than just that you guys don't <laughs> like each other. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather hear like hereditary than <laughs> at the edge of my bed. <laughs> I'm glad you did that noise because now I can hear in my head the noise of you. Like, I love to picture you and a goose hissing at each other. And now I have the, the audio <laughs> to go along with it. Mine is more aggressive and loud, though, when I do it on the trail. It's it's and usually I slow down to do it. Like, I'll, I'll slow down to walk and then. But I, I did learn my lesson. I have not thrown anything at them because that's what that's that's when I got chased. When I threw one at it last, a couple of years ago, that's when I got chased. I haven't thrown anything this year. I'm just hissed. I'm testing the waters. I'm seeing how far I can get before I get chased by a goose. I, along with all of our listeners, cannot wait for the story <laughs> where you had to fight a goose. Like, <laughs> I know it's going to happen. And I, I just, I'm so excited for the day you say, Cody, I got to tell you a story about a goose fight I got in. <laughs> And honestly, I don't even want to get in a fight with like the big meaty ones. I got most scared today of one that was like, like a little skinny one, like kind of a smaller goose, because that thing could actually chase me down and probably jump on me or something. Like the big ones, I can probably outrun maybe. Um, but the the uh, these smaller ones, I definitely I'm not gonna have a chance. So it's gonna jump on me, probably shit on my forehead, and then hiss in my ear until I cry. 
what's what's a man to do when a goose is on his case like if a goose if a goose were to contact you like what is even a person i feel like that's probably why people are so afraid of birds because you don't you can't how do you fight a bird you can't Mm -hmm. like well you're not gonna punch it in its head because i'm gonna hope i such a wiggly head i'm gonna hope i get a hold i'm gonna try and probably grab for its neck and maybe like Mm -hmm. ring it or something ted bundy style uh jesus but but uh if i can't do that i'm screwed because you know i've heard they bite hard i i've heard people being bit by them and i've heard they bite pretty hard and i'm sure they have some sort of fucking nasty disease because anything that shits uh green with like some white pellets in it you got to be having something nasty inside of you so Mm, i don't think you've ever had del taco Because that's what happens. These geese are eating at Del Taco somehow in the Midwest where there are no Del Tacos. That's probably why they fly around all the time. To get to Del Taco. That's Keep, why I fly around. If I come visit you in Oregon and there's a bunch of geese there, I'm I'm going to fly right back. There isn't a lot of geese, but there is a lot of Del Taco. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm hungry. All right. So all right, well, after, all of, after all this goose talk, I am hungry for tacos. Goose talk. <laughs> Tune in next week for our new podcast, Goose Talk with Seth Ott. Um, also I cannot let it go by baby geese are called goslings and even just by saying gosling we have to hit the horn (laughs) and I don't need to explain that any further there's only one gosling I like there's only one and it's I'm assuming Ryan yeah okay I don't know any other any other goslings well Um, terrible baby geese that turn into the worst fucking creatures in the world that's why I want to kill him it's like when the baby Hitler thing you want to kill baby Hitler so well, Hitler it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't to, always work like that. I already, but the thing, I'm not going back in time. I'm just killing it before it comes Hitler. I know they're going to become Hitler. That's what <laughs> geese do. <laughs> Every goose is Hitler. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's that's what happened when Hitler killed himself. He His soul was transferred into every goose that's ever lived and will ever live. That That's his one, like, that's, that's what happened when he went to hell and Satan's like, this is your punishment. You'll be every goose. And then that's just a dickhead. <laughs> There's a show in there somewhere, and uh, I think we should be the ones to write it. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to get off the geese. We got to get off the geese, and we got to get on to a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk about today. But before we go any further, we got to do some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So this this this, this tweet is kind of twofold. Um, this week was... May the or this past weekend was May the fourth, so it was Star Wars Day. Everyone gets excited about May the fourth. Who are Star Wars fans, especially? But we also lost uh, Peter Mayhew, is better known as Chewbacca. You lost him this week, and so R.I.P. Chewie. But uh, we know there's one man who is always on top of the pop culture, who's always who's always trying to entertain the masses with his thoughts on on what's happened in today's news, and that's the Iron Sheik. And so Iron Sheik has a lot of takes uh, about everything that's gone on with May the 4th and and uh, Chewbacca. So, God bless the Chewbacca. He and Han Solo, real Jedi, like me and the Nikolai, for, wrestling, for non-wrestling fans, Nikolai Volkov. But new Star Wars Jedi, fake like Jesse Solme, <laughs> Smalle, and jabroni partner, the dead dog. New Star Wars movies, go fuck yourself a long time ago in a galaxy far, far, far away. Hashtag may the fourth be with you. Hashtag fuck the Star Wars. Well, that's there's no way that's that's not one tweet. Oh, that's one tweet. It's really hard to say. That's why I fucked up everything. Did Jesse he get smaller Smollett? font in there? That was a lot of fucking. Wait, did it he say was. Jesse Smollett? Yeah, Smollett. There we go. God bless. Here, I'll re- read it back. God bless the Chewbacca. He and Holland Solo real. 
sorry, he and Han Solo, real Jedi like me and the Nikolai, Nikolai Volkov, his old partner. But new Star Wars Jedi, fake like Jesse Smollett, I can't even say that, and jabroni partner, the dead dog. I don't know what that means. Was there a dead dog recently? I have no clue. Uh, new Star Wars movies, <laughs> new Star Wars movies, go fuck yourself a long time ago in a galaxy far, far, far away. Hashtag fuck the Star Wars. Well, that's, I don't often disagree with the Sheik, but I got to this week. Yeah. Um, He's being a real dickhead about the new Star Wars movies that I love. <laughs> I don't know why he's got to be such a brat, but um, that might be like if if someone if someone told me, "Hey, Co, why, why why do you guys do chic tweets?" That's why. <laughs> like I think that's I think that's pretty that 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 is the chicest tweet that we could probably have found. So I'm glad that you found it this week. But even though I disagree with the chic, I may have to make him humble. If he's uh, just like when he tried to disrespect SpongeBob SquarePants and I had to put him in his fucking place during the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah it sounds like sounds like you and Sheik wouldn't get along if you're in the same room. I don't think we fucking would because yeah. he. I'd have no. I'd have to. I'd have to make him humble. I think. I think. I think he's too busy making other people humble. And he's forgetting to make himself humble. <laughs> no humbleness found here. That's my promo. Is, is that going to work? Do you think if I say? Oh yeah. You humble. Mm, it. <laughs> Ooh, let me tell you something. Mm, yeah. Mm, mean Gene. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like you're fucking Mean Gene right now. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it for Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk. Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box for 30 days and your first book for free. Mathis Designs, their Etsy shop is etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Do it. (laughs) Mm, Do it. Uh, The other thing you need to do is go to Mike's Wood on etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wet and get your wood worked. Oh, yeah, do it. Mm, Buy it. Mm, Mean Jane. (laughs) Seth is on one today. Um, Mike's Wood... (laughs) Uh, it's, I, we just talked to Mike, uh, over the last couple of weeks when I was visiting in Iowa, sounds like the shop is doing pretty well. So, mm. uh, we like to think that that's entirely SoCo listeners and Mike owes us some money. <laughs> so keep going to the link in the description box and, uh, buy Mike, buy Mike's wood a bunch of times. And so then, <laughs> then he'll be rich. I guess. I don't know what happens when people use a business. We don't usually, we don't usually do this as part of the sponsors page, but I want to make sure that we, uh, that, <laughs> that we point people to this. Uh, our friend over on the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall has put up his second JB sketch. Uh, <laughs> Seth, have you seen the new one yet? I have. Yes. It's it's called Honest uh, Honest Match, and it's mm-hmm. a parody of like a dating website. And I, I watched it today, and it is hysterical. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna link to this in the description box. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Jared's doing some great work over there at Jared Buckendall. And it's funny, uh, sp- a, a, a slight tease. If you go to the link and you watch that video, you'll get to hear this. I really like feet. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cut that just for that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm keeping that as a sounder, Jared. So uh, forever. <laughs> I actually really I remember laughing really hard at that one too. Oh yeah, uh, that, so I'm, there's I'm there's several. 
several characters in that sketch, and that that is by far the best one. So bring us bring us more of him, <laughs> Jay Buck. And if you're confused, go watch the video, and you'll be unconfused. Um, I, and that's just great stuff. I texted him after I watched it. And I'm like, that's great, and I really enjoyed it. But what's even better is to think about how he was alone in his basement recording all that. <laughs> I would pay every dollar I have to to. Uh, like get one of those like corner security cam like footage of that just <laughs> that would be pretty fucking great or just like his outtakes because there's an outtake yeah. at the end of the video uh where he's having to repeat himself a bunch of times to do in several takes and it's it's pretty goddamn funny so uh if you haven't yet make sure you go over to youtube at jared buckendall we're gonna uh, links to all of his stuff are below in the description box. Give him a follow, give him a like, make some comments on there. Homie's working his ass off on the YouTube, so go go and go and partake in his his comedic awesomeness um, over on there. Not only, by the way, is there a JB sketch up there. There's trailer reactions. He just did Spider Man Far From Home. Uh, there are reviews. You can of course see Endgame's review and uh, most recently, uh, yeah, yeah. There's merch. All sorts of fucking merch, JB, and they got some. There's some great designs over there. Um, all sorts of stuff. Jared is doing all all sorts of stuff over there. So make sure you go check that out and um, uh, let it, tell him Co sent you when you when you go. I was just I was trying that on. You think that's something I can say about it? Tell him Co sent you. No, probably not. I, I think that that might work best if like you were referring someone to. I don't know, like an accounting firm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's. I can recommend accountants. I can also recommend yeah. Del Taco. <laughs> Go to Del Taco and use the promo code you, Co. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you do you, do you like Del Taco just mainly because it's the only fast food place that Co works? No, I actually I liked them before I realized it. Much like my car, mm. a 2014 Toyota Corolla, mm. uh, I bought it for the product, but I love it for the name. Okay. Yeah. I guess, I mean, you talk about Del Taco, other than that, McDonald's, you talk about that all the time, but that, I mean, that's garbage, so, I'm, I I mean, I, I guess I, because you talk about it, I've never had Del Taco, so, I mean, I'll hopefully be out there in a few months, I'm, you know, excited to try it out, but I also don't necessarily take your food recommendations to the highest standard based off of your McDonald's consumption, so. Well, and, and that's, that's, you know, admittedly, I'm not a foodie, I, I like food. And I like to eat and I like good food, but I'm, I'm not, don't come to me for food recommendations. Fucking look at me. I don't look like the kind of person who's super into food, but like I do love Del Taco. I don't know. I, occasionally. And I guess maybe other people don't have this or at least are better at controlling it. But like, like sometimes I'll just get just a unstoppable train of a craving for McDonald's and it's probably very unhealthy and it's probably a symptom of a very big problem in America, but that happens, and I love McDonald's, and the same is true for Del Taco. If I'm if I'm if I'm under a specific influence, and if I'm I'm hanging out. The other thing about Del Taco is you get you you're shut down for pretty much the day after you've eaten Del Taco. So <laughs> I got I've got to have no plans. It's it's like you got to it's like a special event for me to go. Like I have to have my entire night clear. I've got to have like all the beer that I could have. I got to have a good movie. A little bit and, of modium. By your some, side. some modium for sure maybe some tums <laughs> next to my bed and and then i just go get a whole big fucking bag of del taco and you get french fries you get tacos and french fries that's the only place you can do that and Nuh-uh. taco bell not? does it nacho fries oh fuck that mm, no that's bullshit yeah no del taco has the best fries and and then i just <laughs> watch a movie and eat a ton of del taco 
best fries for a taco place or best fries, period? Uh, Seth, I'm going to blow your skull open right now. Best fries, period. Really? All right. Yeah. Well, this is a lot to live up to. They've got those um, big so fat, uh, the big fat. Uh, Greek wedding. Crinkle cut. Is that what I'm meaning? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, Culver's yeah. has? Like the saddest fries? Exactly like that. Yeah. They're those fries. Yeah. And they salt them pretty well. And they're just like a little undercooked most of the time. So they're like really potatoey, And that's how I like my fries. They're they're my favorite fries. And I love McDonald's. I would kill someone for McDonald's fries. But Del Taco fries, I think, are, are even better. We've been talking for like five minutes about Del Taco. We're going we're gonna to keep going on food because I have two more points that I got to make. <laughs> um, so me and you are like the only people I know that were like fucking hyped on Satis Fries back in the day. Oh, gotcha. Um, but... For people who don't know, that's Burger King. Burger King used to have Satis Fries, which, like, they were big, fat, crinkle cut. Uh, their big selling point, though, was that they were healthier because they weren't, I think they were baked. It was they different oil. Fried. Yeah, and and then they didn't have, I, I don't think they were salted, or they maybe they were lightly salted. But I would just get them and fucking put, I would get, put more salt on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, they weren't, they weren't uh, healthier for me. They were just meatier fucking fries, and they were delicious. The other thing, too, is, like, I'm I'm chastising you for your food choices, but this past weekend you watched me eat something called a ballpark taco dog, which was a hot dog in a taco. Yeah, and that thing so... was horrifying. <laughs> I think I heard it talk. <laughs> I know you stepped in it. You know what it, it, you know it, what it said? I really like feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! That's gonna be a good one. But and the, yeah, then it 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 did say that because it was like all over the fucking ground. You probably stepped in it like a hundred times. But um, gotta say, fucking delicious, especially when you're drunk. <laughs> it's the combining of the the Mexican taco with the American yeah. hot dog slash French fries. I think that yeah. is. We went to a, a a a minor league baseball game, and they have this attraction now called the Ballpark Taco Dog, where you can get it's a it's a hot dog. That's either in a hot, a harder soft shell, soft shell you get to choose, and you can get either beef or chicken on it, and then there's like every single taco topping you could think of. <laughs> so um, I, when I got to the topping part, I was just like everything. <laughs> and again, we had been drinking at a brewery for like three hours, so we were pretty drunk, and it was happy hour, so we had two for one drink. So I was, I know I was pretty drunk at that point. It was a and good day. So <laughs> I tried to pick yours. It weighed forty five pounds. I couldn't pick it up with one hand. <laughs> It was very heavy, and it was only five bucks, and it was fucking awesome. So, if you're ever in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, go to a Colonels game, Cedar Rapids Colonels, get yourself a ballpark taco dog. Man, this has been, I, I like this. We should make this a part of the show. The SoCo Kitchen, or you can come, and you can, hopefully you're well, not on your lunch break, uh, or hopefully you're not approaching your lunch break, um, and we're encouraging you to, to eat very terrible food. My nickname is Chef from, from childhood, so. That's true. So be chef's chef's kitchen or chef's taco stand i don't know (laughs) (laughs) chef's taco stand i like it um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna we gotta reel this all the way back in Uh -uh. from del taco and the fucking stadium taco hot dog (laughs) (laughs) ballpark taco dog get it right god damn it (laughs) oh you get the taco dog We got to move off of that crap, and we got to get into a couple bits of TV news. That's what she said. TV. So, uh, one quickie thing here first. Uh, We're going to link to this in the description box. I watched an awesome trailer for the new Watchmen series on HBO. Uh, It's going to come out later this fall, 
I think we've talked about it on this show, so we won't spend a ton of time on it, other than to say the trailer looks dope. I'm stoked for this series. The acting talent is incredible. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do with this, because it's not the movie. Uh, it's it's going to take place, I think, at a different time, maybe after the movie. I'm not sure. But um, very excited for Watchmen. Check out the trailer in the description box, uh, and we can catch uh, that this fall on HBO. So, Seth, you, uh, you were checking out a new... Uh, hero series, uh, the 125th hero series currently in circulation, uh, and it's been added to Hulu. Uh, we haven't seen a ton from Hulu. Last last we talked about them was I think Howard the Duck and his pals were getting new shows, but it sounds like there's another Marvel hero getting a series over there as well. So yeah, this this I think is interesting for a couple of different reasons. But uh, so they announced this last week that they're going to be doing a Ghost Rider series on Hulu. With Gabriel Luna, who was the actor who played uh, Robbie Reyes, he's the ghost ghost. Did I say ghost hunter? Ghost Rider, uh, Ghost Rider, who played he played Ghost Rider on Agents of Shield this last season. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this last season, he was an excellent Ghost Rider. They're doing a full series for him on Hulu now that this whole Disney Fox thing is is gone through. And I think so for people who you know like Ghost Rider or whatever, I would definitely recommend checking this out because I think he does an excellent job and I think the character itself looks really cool. But I think this is interesting for a few reasons. I think one is now this is the first the first instance of them differentiating between the Disney Plus and the Hulu stuff. We haven't really seen that yet. This is the first instance of them like taking the MCU because this is technically in the MCU, the the Ghost Rider stuff. So they're taking this MCU and they have the TV stuff on ABC. They have the Disney Plus shows that are going to be the actual like movie characters. And now they have spinoff of the ABC stuff on Hulu. And so they're in different areas now. And I think that's going to be really interesting to see because like it seems like the Disney Plus is like the grown up. This is the more the more official, you know, polished. This is the more polished stuff. Whereas Hulu is going to kind of be probably a home for the, some of this lesser stuff like Ghost Rider, maybe even some of like the Netflix shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, that type of thing. So I think it's interesting for that, but it's also interesting because of what this means for streaming going forward. I think when you look at the, the, the marketplace for streaming right now, I think it's going to look a lot different in five years. I, I think obviously Netflix is the top one, but with all of the stuff Disney has announced with the Disney plus, and now they're starting to funnel things to Hulu I don't know if Netflix is going to be around or not be around. They'll be around, but I don't know if they're going to be that top dog for that much longer. Well, I think it, I think what it is going to come down to is so everyone to this point has been trying to be your, your one streaming service. Mm -hmm. And I think what Apple slash, you know, um, not Apple Disney is admitting to here is you're going to have more than one streaming service. And so why don't we specialize, mm-hmm. right? And and for Disney, it's an opportunity to, to charge you twice. So that's nice for them. But if I can go to Disney Plus for my, you know, my uh, my MCU spinoff shows that we've talked about in the past on the show, your Lokis and et cetera, uh, and then I go to Hulu for a, like slightly less quality, I guess, shows with more obscure characters like Howard the Duck and, and Ghost Rider, you know, there's kind of drawing those lines. And I think that's a cool thing. And I think we're going to start seeing seeing the services maybe go to this more. Netflix is trying to put everything out all the time. They're doing comedies, romance, docs, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, dramas, Oscar bait. 
And I think where where this may threaten Netflix is that if they aren't as good, for example, if they're not as good at comedy as Hulu is, then mm-hmm. people will go to Hulu for their comedy because people don't mind having several streaming services. And I think the idea of there being a one-stop shop is something that's probably not going to happen, at least in the short term. Mm-hmm. And so for me, yeah, I go to different streaming services for different different things. It, and what what makes me sad about it is it's going to end up right back at TV channels as we know it now. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the logical conclusion to this. But I, I agree with you. I think because Disney itself is the one segmenting these things off, I think it's pave, paving the way for more specialized services like this. So I think the other, a couple things to think about there too, though, is the price of, because Hulu is what, $5.99 a month, $6.99 a month, something like that? What yeah, do you pay? Uh, I think it's six or seven. I haven't looked in so long. I think it's six or seven okay. bucks, and you can tack on a couple bucks for commercial free if you want. Yep. And then Disney six ninety nine. So you add that together, depending on what tier you're at for Netflix, you're almost paying the same price for those two streaming services as you are for the one in Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you look at it too, because Hulu is still doing a lot of original programming. Um, they've like I, I've reviewed a couple. You know, Pen Fifteen. I almost just said penis without even thinking. <laughs> Pen 15. Penis reviews are coming next week. <laughs> Pen 15 and Shrill. Um, there's also another one on there that's gotten a lot of attention that stars like a, a Middle East guy. I, I can't remember what it's called. It's a comedy. Uh, Middle Eastern guy. I can't remember what it's called, but a lot of people love it. Um, Hulu is starting to really... It got Handmaid's Tale 2 and The Act, I think, is also on there. So Hulu really has a lot of original programming that people are really enjoying. They're going to continue to do that. They're going to have these Marvel shows now. Whereas Netflix, you haven't really heard of a big phenomenon Netflix show in a while. Like, there was that You show, but that was a Lifetime show beforehand. A people that seemed to do well, but, you know, what? It's, it wasn't something that took everyone by storm. It was kind of a more segmented thing. It's, it's really been a while since they've had, like, this big, huge thing. Whereas, like, Disney is going to have these this property... Not just Marvel, which is the biggest thing in the world right now, but they have the second biggest thing in the world in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So they, I, I just think Disney, Disney Plus, just like they're doing in the box office, is going to blow everyone out of the water because they're going to have all of these big, you know, AAA titles in your Loki's and 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 Scarlet Witches and all this these these characters you've seen on screen that you want to see their contori- these stories continue. Same thing with like the 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 Falcon and and Bucky thing that that has a. Uh, Way more of a comment connotation now after Endgame, and then you have, you know, like I said, Star Wars. The Mandalorian is. I'm probably gonna watch that thing. It's it sounds awesome. You're gonna have all the Star Wars movies on there, all the Marvel movies on there, all the Disney movies on there. It's pretty much everything that at least a parent would want, plus pretty much everything we would want now. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I I just think I think it's I honestly think with in seeing how much Netflix puts into their original programming, how much like they technically like spent like almost a billion dollars last year and all their stuff and are they're working at a loss overall for the year it's it, it, you know they i think they, they overall they're profitable but like year to year they're not working at a, at a profit generally and so i they're spending all this money investing a lot but a lot of stuff has kind of been missed you know there's a, so much shit on there that no one watches <laughs> that they're spending all this money i think on in almost kind of a reckless way I honestly see Disney just kind of taking this over like they always have. You know, I think that they're certainly more of a threat than I thought. And we've been talking about Disney Plus for a while now, and, and mm-hmm. we've had varying degrees of, of confidence in it. But I think the one of the one of the several advantages that Disney has is 
they still get their box office. Mm-hmm. And so they can afford to show us everything for seven bucks a month, especially because what Disney knows and Netflix probably you know doesn't care to know about is that no one other than you are buying DVDs, Blu-rays that, you know, no one's buying movies at home anymore, or at least a lot less than they were. So if I'm Disney, yeah, I'll, I would have gotten zero dollars because Cody's not buying a DVD, but now I get six dollars from Cody. You know, and so it's not the same. It's not fully replacing DVD sales, but I think that's part of why they're okay with giving it away for cheap because they know that that's the format people are going to, and they're able to get some money where they were losing money before. Because in the past, Infinity War is on Netflix right now. So why the fuck should I go buy uh, Avengers Infinity War on DVD? You know, and that's most, (laughs) of course, you know, you and some others want it in high def 4K Blu-ray, but for the vast majority of people, I'll just watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And so that's an advantage that Disney has and, and Netflix doesn't get to put their stuff in theaters very often, or at least they don't want to. So they don't have the advantage of the box office. So they have to charge more. And so now Disney can come in at a lower price and undercut them. And it's a tricky so, thing. I've not, I've, it's, it's, it's strange to say, but I, I do think that Netflix, I, I don't think they're, they're going to, you know, crash and burn or anything, but I think they're going to no. do some maneuvering, especially once Disney plus comes out to stay as big as they are. I 100% agree. So as of March 31st, they had $10.3 billion in long-term debt on its balance sheet. Um, now they're they're making a lot of profits, but Disney doesn't have that. <laughs> you know, like Dis- Disney can continue to spend money. I mean, they made, they made a fifth of that money in two weekends at the box office. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's nuts. And especially with filming, filming, you know, Avengers back to back, they spent a total of like, I don't know, a lot of money, but they made in the two movies they have, they've made just a fucking truckload of money on it. Regardless, though, Disney, because they're been a successful company for you know seventy years or however long, hundred years, they don't have to worry about ever really having a debt on their books, so they can continue just to throw money at whatever they want. But they do; they still are doing it strategically. They're not throwing you know money like Netflix is throwing money at everything that will catch it mm-hmm. and and they're putting it on their their channel hoping one of one to two of them sticks but they're not you know it's not everything's hit you know one one or two of them may be sticking once every few months but even like these movies like they're they're buying up movies and producing a bunch of movies for a lot of money but a lot of these movies haven't been reviewed super well you know yeah. Um, the only one we've really heard being a success is, is Bird Box, like being, you know, super, I guess, bright, bright. Is that what that was with Will Smith? That, that was, that was watched, I guess, but they threw a ton of money at that too. And it's, it's just like at a certain point, their subscriber base, they're gonna have to keep charging more. Their subscriber space is probably going to plateau and they got to figure out something different because they can't have that much debt. Disney will never have that much debt because like you said, they have, they still have the theater base. They still, you know, they're still going to make all this shitload of money off theaters. They're going to make a shitload of money off advertising. And this, the streaming thing is just to continue to, to add value to their company. And, and mm-hmm. Netflix, their whole model is just that. Whereas yep. This is just a part of Disney. So, I mean, in the beginning, I, when this whole thing was first announced, I was very skeptical of what this, what the impact was going to be on Netflix. But honestly, like I don't turn my Netflix on that often anymore. <laughs> you know, like I'll watch a movie here and there. Um, they don't have a ton of shows that I really watch you know uh, there's there are probably a handful five or six that i keep up on through the year but a lot of these new shows like i don't watch them because there's just so much shit out there and it's hard to know what's good and what's not it's kind of overwhelming i think so i am and i'll ask you this in a second 
in lieu of Disney Plus being available today, if I had to go down to only one streaming service, for me, it would be HBO. Mm-hmm. They've they've got less variety, but they have got a shitload of good movies on there. They've every every series on HBO is incredible, and that no one else can say that. And and at fifteen a month, it's the same price I'd be paying for Netflix anyway. So it's like a more focused Netflix. And and so for me at least, Netflix is not my go to anymore, and it won't be certainly after Disney Plus comes out. So I I don't know I I'm, I don't I'm not. You know, I don't think there should be fire alarms going off at Netflix, but they are going to have to think about this stuff because, so mm-hmm. what would your, if you, and again, Disney Plus isn't out yet. If you had to go down to only one streaming service, what would yours be? I'd probably stay at Netflix right now, but if, you know, if it was in November when Disney Plus comes out, I would probably go Disney Plus. I mean, just knowing what's coming out of Disney Plus and, and like, especially all this Marvel stuff that's coming out, like, you know, I, I, I loved Endgame. I love the MCU, but I... You know, I, I love to, I, I want to know, I want more. I want to know what's happening. Because like, like we've talked about before, those are my stories. These are like the shit I turn my brain off for and can just feel like I'm fucking 12 again, you know? I that That's something I don't get with Netflix. There's a lot of great shit on Netflix, and my favorite show probably that on TV is BoJack Horseman. Um, and I would miss the shit out of that show. But I think, honestly, when it comes down to it, like, the only show that can take me back in time and make me feel like a fucking kid again is the Marvel shit. And... They've just done such an amazing job with the MCU and and making it into just such a phenomenon. You can't miss that, you know. You can't miss that that stuff on on the streaming service. And I feel like I would choose that. Yeah, I don't blame you. So uh, I'll ask you this too before we move on. We started at Ghost Rider as the new series on Hulu. We of course have talked about all the Howard the Duck stuff. MCU is adding a bunch of new shows and things. We talked a little bit before the show. I, I'm nearing superhero fatigue. I think. And especially like the movies, I can take a handful of movies a year, but with the shows, I think I might be just about at my max capacity in terms of superhero fatigue with shows because there's, I don't even watch them all. You watch them all that, you know, (laughs) up until recently there were five Netflix shows. There's five CW shows. There's going to be another five Disney shows. Uh, You know, there's, there's all the new Hulu stuff. Where are you in terms of like, that superhero fatigue are you still every superhero shit that comes out you're you're in for or where are you on that i think someone put it i heard it said well this week somewhere in a podcast or something that i i don't think there's superhero fatigue there is actually i remember it was i think david delsmashen who i can't say his name he he plays uh he's an ant-man he's Mm -hmm. the one of the the henchman guy or you know cronies it's gonna be in suicide squad right Yep, he's also he was also in the Dark Knight movies. He said it really perfectly, and it made a lot of sense. There's not there's not necessarily superhero superhero fatigue, but there's um, like same same superhero fatigue. the The whole like thing with with superhero movies is that originally people were pumped because it was a superhero movie. Like that was the whole thing was like, oh, there's a superhero on screen, cool. But now with the MCU. And and some of these other, you know, some of these like Shazam, some of these other ones, they they're doing something different. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these movies do they they have their own identity. They they do something distinct. I mean, there's never been a movie ever like Endgame. You know, so like I'm a hundred percent here still for you know these if they're done right. And the MCU, honestly, other than a few misses here and there, Ant Man and the Wasp, whatever, they're doing something different with with these movies and still making them making them must see for me. Especially too, like with just creating these stories and, and 
now that they're doing this whole different stuff, I won't, I guess I won't spoil, but like what's, what's going forward with the MCU. It's really, it's something that I really just want to know more, mm-hmm. you know? So I, when it comes to like your, your DC movies, your, uh, um, DC shows, especially definitely fatigue on those. <laughs> but when it comes to like MCU and this, the, the way they're, the way they're telling these stories and how honestly they're kind of starting to do with DC with some of the like Wonder Woman, Shazam, not to much extent with Aquaman, but um, they're telling different stories and they're doing it in a unique, entertaining way. And, and I'm still here for it. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it because I'm not I'm not necessarily turned off by the superhero of anything, but I need more now. And I think that's that's what America is asking for. And the, you can tell the movies that have done well are, yeah, there's a super in, there's a superhero in it, but it's about something more than that. And I think that's the biggest thing. So lots of great stuff to come. We'll see. I mean, there's going to be 30 superhero shows. So if you if you love them, there's more than you can probably handle. But uh, let us know what your thoughts are on on streaming services. Are you you know where are you at for Disney Plus? Are you already signed up? Uh, what would be your what would be your one streaming service if you had to go down to just one? And where are you on superheroes? Are are you still in for all these new shows, or are you worn out um, in terms of uh, watching watching them beat up the weekly baddie? So uh, let us know on the tweets. Uh, you can find all of our contact info. Uh, however it is you want to reach us, you can get a hold of us. Uh, it's all in the description box, so make sure you're checking that out. All right, so let's, sh- let's shift gears here, and uh, let's get shit into gears. some... Shit gears. We're going to... And uh, move into... Shit some gears. <laughs> we're going to shit some gears. And uh, we, we've seen a few TV shows. So we have uh, upcoming <laughs> a, tr- a triple tag team TV corner. Holy cow. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Television! Nobody puts baby in a I watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I wipe my own ass. <laughs> oh, that's that's. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> we know you wipe your butt, man. Um, uh, mine are quick. Should I? I'll go first with mine because I'm gonna be quick. Okay. Um, so the first show that I watched, I watched almost all this on the plane when I was coming home from Iowa, and it's called "I Think You Should Leave" with Tim Robinson. It's on Netflix. And it's a comedy, it's like a, the episodes are really short, like 15 to 20 minutes, comedy, like sketch show. And it is fucking weird. (laughs) It is so weird. It's funny. Like it's, it's often funny. Uh, It's several, it's just like your Key and Peele's, your Chappelle shows, that kind of thing. But way more weird. It's, it's like, um, do you remember... You ever watch? Okay, I know you've seen this, Seth. Eric Andre show. Mm-hmm. Hate you know, it. You know how it's like very, it's like occasionally very disturbing Awful. and like super offbeat comedy kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I know you didn't like it. That's kind of it. that's kind of the vein. That's kind of the vein that Tim Robinson is in. It's less that, but it's kind of a little bit down that road. So like some of the things are really obscure and really weird. They they get into like these weird. I always think of The Simpsons like this, where at the beginning of an episode of The Simpsons, someone will stub their toe, and that will set, like, five minutes of events into motion that ends with, like, Homer running for president. You know, like, the first ten minutes of an episode of The Simpsons is, like, this show, where Mm -hmm. they'll start with some premise, and then they'll spin it out and do a crazy, weird fucking thing. And I laughed a lot. I thought it was very funny. But it is weird. So that's a fair warning for people who are going to watch it. Be under the influence or be or have that kind of offbeat Eric Andre type obscure kind of disturbing comedy uh, as your taste. 
and you might enjoy this. Tim Robinson, though, is fucking funny. I can tell that that guy's hilarious because of the writing in this, and he plays a lot of the characters in a lot of these sketches. And so there's a lot of funny stuff. There's a really funny scene or sketch where um, the Will Forte plays it. There's also there's a there's a whole ton of guest stars that are very funny people and very very well known names. And so it's it's fun to see them kind of come in for a couple minutes. Um, and Will Forte has one of the best ones. He's very funny, but yeah, it's, it's, it would take you maybe an hour and a half to watch the entire series. Cause it's just a handful of like 15 minute episodes. So again, I would recommend it, but be in a very specific and very open to weird stuff mood. If you're going to watch this show, Seth, I would not recommend it for you. I'll tell you that. I actually watched the first episode, fell asleep during it. I didn't hate it, but I, you know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, I yeah, and I did see some of the cat. Like I like a lot of the the guest stars, like Kristen Wiig and and Will Forte and stuff. So it might be something I check out later, just like randomly. But you did mention like you have to be, uh, or it's a good one to be in an altered state for. I just saw that uh, that Colorado just decriminalized mushrooms. So what? if you live in, if you live in Colorado, take some mushrooms and watch some <laughs> whatever this fucking show is called. Oh, that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> mushroom I, I i can say this i would absolutely recommend i've never done mushrooms but i would recommend trying them and watching this show <laughs> i don't know why it may be horrible but i i would check it out if i had to I, I this is the first tv corner i've done since you started ranking them i would do like like 3.2 really disturbing long takes straight at the camera is what i would do uh, so three points. So it's just north of. I kept try to keep it right around the middle, because um, it's not going to be for everybody. But I did enjoy it. So uh, three point two is where it lands for me. That's that's. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. There we go. I think you should leave. I couldn't remember the the yeah. name. And that's an apt title for this show because if someone did <clears throat> most of the shit, they'd be asked to leave. <laughs> um, I'll be I'll be super quick on the Orville. Uh, season two of the Orville just finished up. I've really enjoyed that show. Um, I added it about six months ago and, uh, watched the first season and then kept up with the second. And the nice thing about the Orville is it's not, this is going to start as an insult. It's not breaking bad. Um, it's not game of Thrones. It's not the Sopranos. It's not anything that you need to devote all of your attention to. It's a very simple, very, uh, kind of by the numbers comedy. And it's, if you enjoy Star Trek, I think you'll like the Orville because it's very much like Star Trek. You know, every week something crazy happens and they have to fix it and someone learns a lesson. There's a pretty decent ensemble cast. I'll tell you that the acting is not great in this show, but the I, I do enjoy some of the writing and some of the ideas that they explore. It's just kind of one of those absent-minded, you know, doing other shit in the room while it's on kind of shows. Uh, it's not going to require your full attention, but it is there. Are, it is rewarding uh, if you are paying attention to it. There, There's just enough heart. There's just enough laughs. Uh, and just enough kind of surprises in it. But I think it's enjoyable. I would give that one... Uh, more people are going to like the Orville than like that other show. So I'd, I'd maybe give the Orville like a 3.6 uh, jumps to hyperspeed out of 5 on that one. I, again, I, I just think it's really easily palatable for most people. It's not going to change anyone's life, but I think everyone will find something to enjoy there. Yeah, not not my cup of tea, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah, I will happy say too. You, you tip, a typical episode of that show makes you feel happy at the end. So I know mm. it's not up your alley. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we'll get into the to the OG TV corner here. Okay. Yeah, the real thing. Uh, Enough of this fucking real, poser. Yeah, the, this fucking phony generic stuff. I I'm the Flonase. You're the fucking over the counter <laughs> true value version. Flonase. <laughs> I guess that makes me Konase then. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. Konase sounds like Konase sounds like the grossest type of mayonnaise you could get. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I don't think we need to go into that any further, but it certainly is gross. <laughs> You'd rather have some sonays. Oh gosh, no more of that. I, I'm sorry I brought it up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. I really am. All right, what would um, you watch? Well, this actually is kind of a, an OG TV corner because this is one that I've been watching since we started doing the show, and we're finally at the series finale, and that's Gotham, Gotham. <laughs> this was the the last season. It was a bit of a shortened season. This uh, so basically where the, this one picked up that we had the the Earth had been or not Earth the Gotham had been kind of disconnected. Like Earth is disconnected. Gotham is disconnected. Like uh, in Dark Knight Rises, where Bane blows up the the bridges. Same thing here. Um, we're kind of left in the aftermath. Gotham is kind of just this unruly place now. Um, there's different zones. That are run by different criminals, uh, Penguin, Barbara, not Barbara Gordon, but Barbara Keene, who is uh, Jim's girl lady. At one point, those are kind of the main ones that that are running the city. And there's like these dark zones that no one goes into. Jeremiah Valeska, who's the Joker, is kind of running a certain thing. But the city's in disarray. The that that's pretty much the the majority of the season until the last episode. Basically, it's kind of working through that and getting Gotham back together. It's kind of leading up to the point where where Jim becomes commissioner. Jim Gordon becomes commissioner, and and, sh- and he's really showing that he you know he's the leader and face of Gotham and all that stuff. So I mean, there, there's stuff that happens in there. Honestly, it was kind of it just felt kind of I wouldn't say rush. It just felt like they didn't really know how to land the ship here to get to the point where they wanted to get with with Bruce and the reason for that is because they did a time jump in the end, you know, and so the last episode they do a ten year time jump. Bruce leaves after everything's resolved in the city and we get, you know, your your Batman reveal. And I'll say at least about the finale, I, I enjoyed it. What they, what I think they did a lot of really cool fan service. They you know they gave Riddler the costume you've wanted to see and they gave uh, and this is all stuff you can see in the trailer and stuff, so I'm not really necessarily... I mean, it is kind of spoiling, but it's not really, like, spoiling, like, <gasps> you know, like, if I were to spoil Endgame a day after you saw it, people, you know, you'd be like, oh, you know, like, not the same thing here. Um, y- you could honestly, at least the finale is something I guessed from episode one, you know, when the show was announced, you know, like, that type of thing. It- it's-, it's very Smallville-esque where, you know, you see these these big villains and characters that you've you know, seen throughout the show kind of become themselves. So, uh, like I said, Riddler gets a suit, Penguin gets the, you know, kind of gets chubby and the, the monocle. You, you actually watched the the end of it too. You mm-hmm. pulled up a clip while you were here. Catwoman, you know, gets the, the leather stuff and, and the goggles and, and all that. Uh, gra- <laughs> fucking Joker, uh, gets, gets a gravy face, no hair, but, uh, gets, gets a sweet, sweet, uh, sweet suit now. I um, really like feet. <laughs> How does that relate? Uh, it's just creepy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess he he, do, he does say that in an episode. They do a lot of fan service the last episode, and I enjoyed that. And it was it was kind of cool, but I didn't have the kind of the oomph that I wanted with this. They didn't really 
capitalize on because at one point we've talked about this on the show. Gotham was like my shit. Oh I yeah, lo- it was my it was my favorite show on TV for a long time because they were setting up so much cool stuff that they never really capitalized on. Uh, there's a lot of characters they left out uh, of the last season. There's a lot of, and I think part of, partially is that it's because it was kind of a rush season. It just felt like the last season didn't really do anything to. Um, bring it home or, or give it any emotional emotional uh, wrap up or tie up and and I know it's an origin show so you can't really get that because like the part the point of the show is to you know lead into the things we all know but Smallville did it I thought Smallville did a good job at least in the last the last few episodes of kind of bringing back some of the beats from the show and I didn't really get that with this it just kind of felt like all right here's the guy you know here's Batman you know and. I was kind of disappointed by that. I, I mean, it was an entertaining season. I was never like, oh, I don't want to watch Gotham, like, you know, how I do with kind of the, you know, the, the CW shows for some of them. Um, and I was interested to see where it went. And, you know, I was happy to for some of the fan service. But I was just disappointed because it, it, I felt like the whole point of it was just to get to Batman, to, to, to the Batman that everyone expected. But because they'd had spent five seasons of a show doing this, I really wanted them to kind of capitalize on the characters and everything they built, and they really didn't for me. That being said, though, again, because it was at least entertaining and, and they did give some fan service, I'm going to give it a 3.8 gravy faces out of 5. <laughs> oh, God, gravy faces. Don't Google that, people. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a shame, but I think, you know, I. it seems to me like they thought they had more time than they yeah. did because seasons, was this, say again, what number? Was it season 5? I'm pretty sure season five. Let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure it was season five. Because seasons and, three and four, I think, were really charging, and, yeah. and were really doing well. And then they got the cancellation announcement and and kind of had to rush through this. It's a shame that they didn't get the chance to kind of complete everything they did and kind of had to rush it in at the last second. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess Fox, Fox, maybe Fox and Disney both uh, are to blame for this but um the the little bit of gotham i have seen i have enjoyed so uh, would you say the series on the whole uh, gross is a recommend (laughs) for for batman fans or for comic book fans in general yes i i do um now i know people had problems with it um because they did you know admittedly did do some weird things with the characters and some of the look of characters and things but i thought in terms of the characters they had created and and the kind of the lore they'd built themselves because like I think the biggest complaint is just that they changed some things from what everyone knows as, you know, Batman, but I thought they did a lot of the stuff for the better. And also it, it's its own thing, you know, like, because there's never been a comic where it's like, you know, 12 year old Bruce, Bruce Wayne or whatever, you know, like that's never really been a thing. So it's, it's hard for them to not create their own lore because, you know, it, it's, it's unprecedented for one. And it's also, how do you make a Batman show an origin or I guess a young Batman show without throwing in these characters that you've known, you know? So, and, and by the end of it, they made a lot of these characters look like and, and act like the, the characters we know, but I know some people had a problem with it. I really enjoyed the show, especially seasons. Season three was f- excellent. I, I loved it. And cause they really had started to, to kind of get him into being Batman and everything. And yeah, I just thought it was very inventive, very smart. I, the whole, the, the whole, um, the, the the Joker thing with people freaking out, it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, he, he didn't look, I mean, he did look like he kind of had a gravy face a little bit, but um, the only thing I really, the only thing I really didn't like was his hair. 
they made him like bald, like really thinning and stuff. I would have really enjoyed for them to instead do like a green, like the make him have green hair. But for the most part, I mean, he looked fine. He acted like Joker and all that stuff. I really liked that actor being, uh, you know, playing that character in multiple. He played that character like three different ways throughout the entire show. Like they just were really inventive with a lot of the characters, and I thought they did a really good job. I loved that show. I will miss it, um, but I did think I'm glad it kind of came to an end too. So, yeah, I feel that. Well, Gotham is the show. Check it out if you're a fan of Batman, and uh, don't be a dickhead about them changing up stuff, and you might enjoy it. <laughs> That's the point of comics. That's what they do in comics all the time. Is they change MCU has changed so much shit up from the comics. You know, like. I just think because they made these characters look a little weird <laughs> in some cases, that's what people got upset about. But let whatever. me ask, let me ask you this before we move on from Gotham. Generally speaking, because we see this all the time, right? Every every time they bring out, we saw it on Sonic the Hedgehog recently. You know, there's an intentional redesign to try to mm-hmm. s- kind of separate yourself from the canon, right? Every, everything we've seen has done this. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it makes? Do you think that that makes a lot of sense to do try to okay i need a new look for this character to separate myself from the old or do you think they should more stick to the traditional look because the fanboys seem to scream and cry and stomp their feet until they get the traditional look for the most like in general i would say probably a little bit in between you know like that's where i would lie is like you know put your own spin on it but don't go too far Mm -hmm. in terms of gotham though it made sense that a lot of these characters didn't look like they looked you know, in the comics or look like they look in the comics because this is a story about them starting out, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're not going to look 100% like they look in the comics right away. That that would just, that wouldn't make any sense, Mm -hmm. you know? So I like that they made these characters look different, act different, kind of because they're not fully fledged into the Batman stories, you know, so they had to grow into that. That, I thought that made a lot of sense. I liked that. And a lot of people I don't think thought that way where, you know, you look at your Sonics or your MCU and stuff like that, like, I think the MCU does a really good job of making everyone look pretty much like they look. But I guess DC is another one, too, is like, you know, the, a lot of those are like in between where mm-hmm. they take they take classic looks, but they also put a spin on it. And I think that's probably the right move for TV shows and movies for the most part. How about like uh, like Power Rangers from a couple years ago? I thought that was maybe yeah. a nice balance. Yeah, for the most part, like I didn't like the whole alien stuff. Mm hmm. That was kind of going on, and, and they kind of almost did like nanotech, you know, on on the body, um, like when they put the suits on and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think that was a good move for the movies for the for for the most part. I don't know. I enjoyed that movie though. So yeah, uh, I, don't get to. Um, I, I was writing but, on pure nostalgia from when they played yeah. the fucking theme song, and I was shitting in my pants in the movie. Oh theater. yeah, the the only time I'd ever been more more hyped from when they did that the go go pow. Only time I'd ever been more hyped is when that fucking man got smoked by a car in John Wick 2 and slammed into a wall. <laughs> That's a pretty good high adrenaline moment. There's also there's one in Endgame I think that rivals both. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. we won't, we of course won't spoil, but uh but yeah, there that is that's right up there. I'm I'm right with you. There was there was an 8-year-old Cody who was freaking the fuck out when they were playing the Power Rangers theme. Yeah, and I think the only time I've ever audibly yelled, "Oh yeah!" in a theater was when <laughs> was when yeah. when uh, when that man got slammed by a car because of John Wick, that was the best. Uh, somehow we made our way, and I'm not terribly surprised. We made our way from Gotham to Power Rangers and John Wick. Which, if you listen to the show, you fucking you get it. John Wick does come out in a week. A week from tomorrow, oh, uh, shit. we're recording. 
We're recording on the on the eighth. So yeah, a week from tomorrow, I'll be seeing that movie. Do you already have your ticket? <sighs> yeah, I got it the day that came out, and uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be an experience I can't describe. I've seen reactions. <laughs> And there, there's already my pants have already been pre-peed, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, my biggest regret in my life is that I'm not going to be there to watch it with you. But I can't wait to hear. <laughs> well, about you it. Did, you did see me watch the trailer. Yeah, that's <laughs> the true. Other day. That's true, and that was that was really fun. So I was. This is a total side story, but I I had gone off to get to go to the bathroom or to get popcorn or something, and I walked back into the theater, and I was the John Wick trailer was on and I was standing on the side of the theater waiting to go back to my seat until the trailer was done. And I turned and looked at Seth and he looked, I don't know how to describe the look, but the happiest I've ever seen this man (laughs) in the 20 years I've known you, the happiest was you watching this John Wick trailer for what I know was like the 40th time. Well, no, here's the thing though. The best part is that, and I didn't realize, so I'd been so focused on Endgame and like I, after what, cause that movie is very, it it require it, it makes you think a lot and like it you know it was such an event and everything that I had completely forgotten John Wick was coming out in a few weeks. So when I saw that trailer, I'd instantly gotten into John Wick mode, and I was so happy. <laughs> I tell you, the last thing you the last thing you want, folks, especially if you're a goose, is to see Seth and John Wick oh. mode. That's the last fucking thing you need. If there is a trail of goose corpses, all with little holes in their head. Uh, on on uh, on May seventeenth, look out! That you know who it is. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, Set the goose killer uh, here. Of course, doing it right. I'm doing basically what can be described as a cheap imitation of of Seth's TV corner. Television down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. We are going to. Shift gears once more. We're going to move into movies. We just got done talking about John Wick, but let's talk about some other movie Mm. stuff. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. So we are going to be talking about uh, Avengers in a second. Don't worry. Of course, we're going to cover them on this show. But first, a bit of quickie news. And Seth, I want your 10 second reaction to this. Fox and Disney now, I don't know if you knew this, uh, but as part of the Fox uh, acquisition, Avatar comes over to Disney. And we got two pieces of big news from Disney's camp as it relates to release dates. Uh, Avatar and the next Star Wars trilogy, which uh, is going to be totally aside from the the Skywalker saga, uh, the next Star Wars trilogy uh, is scheduled to release in 2022. And so... Starting in 2021, we're going to get Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars on alternating Decembers for those six years. So Avatar has been pushed back. We were originally expecting it next year in 2020. It is now going to be 2021. And then after that, Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar. I want your quickie thoughts on one, the delay for Avatar. How excited are you? And two, are you here for this next Star Wars trilogy, even if we have to wait three years? We're going to be 30 when it comes out. (laughs) <laughs> we're old um i i mean i'll go see avatar i just don't really care that much um i am happy though about the star wars news them pushing them doing you know every two years or every other year or whatever and then pushing it for another few years because i think that's going to build excitement again um and i honestly with all the star wars movies coming out i personally was getting star wars fatigue i know you weren't but i was mm-hmm. and i think part of the event of star wars is that you've waited a little bit 
there's a whole thing with like with Endgame, it's you know Infinity War and Endgame. There's only a year between that. I think that's a case where it helped mm-hmm. because it still was still still was fresh in the way that Infinity War ended. People wanted to know immediately how you know it ended. But with Star Wars, I think part of it, part of the excitement and buildup, is that that wait, that anticipation. Um, when there was that wait, I was really excited for for the Last Jedi after Force Awakens when there was that break in there. I didn't give a shit about Rogue One or really Solo, so like I, it, because those all came so so soon. Been there. What, <laughs> the also thing the the other thing too that that does help is that they have again the streaming service. The Mandalorian sounds really cool. I'm excited for that. They're gonna have this this other other supplemental material like these these Star Wars, these Star Wars shows that are coming out to kind of help with that too. So I think that's a perfect plan in terms of the Star Wars stuff. Again, Avatar. I really don't care. I'll see it, but you know they can delay them for 10, 10 more years, and I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on Star Wars. I think it's good to wait a couple of years. Um, I'm going to be thirty, but which is kind of an existential crisis. Um, but for Avatar, I don't give a shit. And and at this point, I I don't care if Avatar never comes out. Honestly, uh, I liked the first one, but um, you know, not that much. So uh, let's move on. We're going to keep it with Disney. And of course, the the biggest news this week is Avengers Endgame in 10 days, or not 10 days, in two weeks, yeah, about 10 days actually, passed Titanic and became the second highest grossing film of all time worldwide. Uh, as of over the weekend, it's up to about 2.3 million, or two, sorry, $2.3 billion worldwide. Um, with barely two weeks, by the time of this, by the time of this podcast releasing, it's probably in the two point six, two point seven billion dollar range. So it's looking like it's it's potentially going to have the legs to pass Avatar. But I think the biggest the biggest part of this is the speed at which it passed Titanic. I think that is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanic took like like eight months. And then plus a couple re-releases to get that same mm-hmm. amount of money. And you can talk about inflation adjusting and all of that, but this is an incredible achievement, and I think it's the perfect storm of a lot of different things. You know, you have the the MCU as itself has been a surprise. I think the internet and the comic like the comic community and the popular community kind of accepting comics and the fanboyism of it all and the whole spoiler the way spoilers have become a huge thing now. Everyone's rushing out to see it right away before they get it spoiled. I think this is a perfect storm that we we may never see again, but maybe we will. I don't know. It's hard to say what's going to make a bunch of money. But this is most likely going to be number one ever. Uh, I bet you by the end of May we'll be saying that. And it's super crazy to see. You've seen it twice now, Seth. Mm-hmm. And what it, I guess what do you think about the speed at which it's gotten to this level? Is it quicker than you thought, or were you expecting this the whole time? Hmm. I, I don't know, honestly. Like, I... I, I'm definitely like, I'm rooting for, honestly, I'm not shocked. I'm definitely not shocked. I didn't know, I didn't know what the numbers would look like necessarily, but I'm not, like if someone would have told me, yeah, it's going to be Titanic after week two, I would have been like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so like, I'm not shocked by it. I, I probably wouldn't have put money on it, but I'm not shocked on it. And same thing with like, with this, the Avatar stuff, like if it, a lot of people were saying it's never going to be an Avatar, it's never going to be an Avatar because Avatar did it over a huge length of time too mm-hmm. you know um the, the opening weekend of avatar was pretty pedestrian like it wasn't it was good but it wasn't you know it was nowhere near like it was a fraction of what endgame made 
and it just built over time and was did great overseas and all that stuff. And yeah, like you said, Titanic was in theaters for six months and then it got re-released again and, and all that stuff. This is like an insane thing. Like you said, it's never going to happen again. I, I don't believe. Um, and I think part of that's just because there, there's already so much built, you know, built behind it. There's all the source material from Stan Lee and Marvel in general. Um, it's going to be very hard for, you know, one person to create the type of lore or even two people or a team of people to create the lore that has already been built behind with the MCU to do that with another thing. It's going to be extremely difficult to do. I, I don't ever see that happening again. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not shocked by any of this at all. It's it's it, it's really cool to see and and yeah, like I said, I've seen it twice. I think I'm going to see it a third time probably this weekend. You know, I I want to be a part of this history because it's this this whole thing is just meant a ton to me and a lot of other people, and, and it's it's really cool to see. So I'm rooting for it to beat Avatar. Yeah, and I think I think that it will. And and we'll we on the Soko show, of course, we'll let you know when that happens. We're 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 not done talking Avengers yet. Um, <laughs> I do want to point out. So the couple stories here, we're going to jump off of this of the box office here in a second. But um, we are going to. I'm going to start linking to more outside stories in the description box. So for example, on the Avatar and Star Wars scheduling, uh, I've linked to a Variety article that uh, talks about several more of the Fox properties that have been rescheduled. Uh, with the Disney merger. So check that article out on Variety. And then uh, Avengers, I linked to a Forbes article uh, that's talking about how much money that's making. So uh, check those out. You can always link off link off to more details on those stories as well. Um, for now, though, Seth, what I want to jump to uh, as it relates to Ad- Avengers is there have been some stories come out uh, from some interviews over the past couple weeks. And I won't get into the details of this because it's going to get into spoiler territory, but... The Russo brothers, who are the directors, of course, of Avengers Endgame and several other MCU properties, they've been being interviewed and being asked a lot of questions about the movie and about the MCU as a whole, and something they've never done before, they've started doing. They've started filling in gaps that aren't filled in from the movie, and they've started explaining, here was this character's motivation. Here's something you saw off, or here's something you didn't see because it was off screen. Here's how I explain what happened in that scene that you were confused about. And for me, that raises a problem because I personally am not a fan. I've been very vocal. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I've said it to you in the past. J.K. Rowling does a lot of the same thing with Harry Potter, where she'll say, oh, here's this character's gay and you didn't know it, or this character was standing in the background of this scene and you didn't see it. All sorts of different things like that. And I don't think that that's good for a property. I think it's, I think it it will quiet a fanboy. That's fine. But I don't like that the Russos are out there filling in gaps and telling us things that aren't in the movie. I think it should stick to the movie. If it wasn't in the movie, it's not important. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on that, because you're a big Harry Potter fan, obviously a big Marvel fan. Do you want those little gaps filled in? And are the directors the ones to tell us? what those things are. Where are you on the Russo's kind of filling in, filling in things in these interviews those last couple of weeks? It doesn't really bother me at all. Cause I think a lot of these, a lot of these things are not really, like you said, they're not important. And so, and especially too, like with, like you said, with, with JK Rowling and all that stuff with Harry Potter too, it's like, it's not important to the, it doesn't impact the overall story and how I felt about it to begin with. And so I, I don't, it, I don't really take much, take much uh, stock to it for me i think 
the, the way I've always looked at this stuff is if I see it on screen or if I read it on a page, that's what is. That, that That's just what is. Mm-hmm. That's what exists. And all the other stuff around it is cool little nuggets, but I don't take that as fact. I, I For whatever reason, I've always been I've always been able to kind of separate that stuff. So if I don't read it or I don't see it, like if I don't read it in the actual material, if I don't see it on the screen, it it's not it you know it it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes kind of too with so in regards to Endgame without spoiling it, Endgame and now it's coming up with Spider Man um, and some of the questions that have arose from that because of the trailer. I don't really take anything take any I don't put any stock into that until it act until I actually see. Mm-hmm what's on until I see what happens in the movie. So there's been a lot of speculation about what happens with certain characters and, and certain, um, certain events that are going that, that have, that took place in Endgame and how it impacts the world around it. I really, until I get the def, the definitive answer in Spider-Man, I don't really care. You know, I when, when the last, when the last, um, scene happens in Endgame, that's all that exists to me for right now. Yeah. And then when the, when the first scene happens in Spider-Man, okay, I'm back in it. This is what's happening. So all this other stuff around it, I just don't care. So same thing goes with with uh, Fantastic or to to the you know the Dumbledore gay thing. You know, until I see him making out with a dude in, in Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah I'm exactly. I'm so, right there with you. So I don't. So, but I also don't let this. I don't let that stuff bother me because I don't really. Again, I don't care. So uh, if it if it is written or shown or whatever, cool. I'm down. Let's do it. Um, and we can speculate on it all day. And I think that's the point of it all is speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, people. It, and so some people th- say that's you know negative. Same. I honestly the same thing can be said for Star Wars too. Um, there's all this stuff about you know like uh, Luke's floating hand and 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 space and um who's rate who raised parents are and you know things like that you know that happen any any big fandom of anything this shit happens mm-hmm. um it can be annoying for people honestly for me i just until i see it on screen or page i don't care yeah i so i, I agree with you on that uh where we disagree is it does piss me off and there's <laughs> there's a i mean this, this it's added to the long list of things that you don't give a shit but it pisses me off but um <laughs> i I think it takes so it, nerds nerds speculating online and saying, "Oh, where's Luke's hand?" Fine, like that's what this is supposed to be about. That's that's geekdom. That's what that's what all this is supposed to be. But I think if if George Lucas or if J.J. Abrams showed up and said, "No, actually, this is true about Luke's hand," like I think that that takes away from the fun. You know, sometimes it's fun to speculate, and nerds like doing that online. And I think that that's fun. And I think it's good for the community. And on the the flip side of that, and the thing that makes me more upset is when when they come out and, and they say something that wasn't in the movie. It wasn't important enough to be in the movie. But now they can say it in an interview. Uh, I think two things are true. One, I think almost always they're pulling it out of their ass. I, I don't think they gave much thought. I don't think J.K. Rowling wrote those books thinking Dumbledore was gay. And two... I think that it's a it's a it's a publicity grab, right? So now on now you can go on IGN and see that the Russo brothers said this about Captain America this week that you didn't know about when you watched Endgame. It doesn't fucking matter. So why is it news? And I think that's part of my problem with it is the fact that it's made into headline news. 
that oh the Russo mm-hmm. said this. That's probably my my biggest problem with it is like it's not news. It's so just the guy I, a guy who we decided we all believe said <laughs> this thing. So I think it I I can give you a little more merit a lot more merit with the the J.K. Rowling thing. Mm-hmm. In terms of the Russos and the MCU thing, I honestly think that because they have nothing to do with the MCU now, they're done. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, a lot of this stuff is probably just shit that was cut because, and we talked a little bit before we started recording. When they do these movies, the the scripts and shit change so much over time, and stuff gets cut that they wanted in the movie. They shoot things that. Uh, like the whole the news came out about Catherine Langford. They shot her whole thing and all that stuff, and she just didn't make it. The, didn't make the movie. So you know, the, the, I think all this stuff. I think when IGN, for example, asks Anthony and Joe Russo about oh this scene, you know the the this certain scene, blah blah blah, is is this person in it? And they say, oh yes, they probably were. It probably just was cut. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're. They don't need the tension anymore. They don't give a shit. I think that, like you said, the publicity, I think that comes back to the the IGNs and People magazines yeah. and all that stuff yep. where they're, they're, they get an answer from one of these directors or writers and then they, they take that and make a story out of it mm-hmm. when it might even be out of context. I don't, I don't necessarily put that on the on Marvel or the MC or anything like that. I would put that more on, on the, the, you know, the companies. When it comes to J.K. Rowling, a lot of that news, she comes, it comes from her. Mm-hmm. She says it herself you know, on her website, Joe and Anthony Russo are just doing interviews and answering questions. I think Jake Rowling creates that her own. And I, I agree with that. Yeah, I would, I, I totally would agree with you. I, I, I think it's, it's more, it's more the, the media saying, Oh, here's this thing. Mm-hmm. I just heard a story today about, um, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino was interviewed and said, and he was quoted in the headline as saying death proof is probably the worst movie I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And it was completely taken out of context. He said that, but it was he was saying all my movies are great, but if if they're I want all my movies to be at least better than that. So he wasn't like shitting on Death Proof, mm-hmm. um, and so yes, it's it's the it's the meat. And I I'm I'm not one to be like it's the fake news or anything like that. But I think that a lot mm-hmm. of these, especially these geek circulations, want to grab onto any little thing and make it big fucking news. So you're right. Maybe it's less the Russos that I'm c- complaining about as it is IGN, but. J.K. Rowling does it I'll, all on her own. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll give you the J.K. Rowling yeah. thing. Because, like, if, if 10 years from now, the Russos come out and start saying, well, Hulk was actually a green monster from the middle of the earth. Like, and they start just making shit up, then I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if they're talking about deleted scenes or deleted, you know, stuff that stuff that didn't make the script or didn't make the shoot or didn't make the end movie, I think that's where they're getting all this stuff mm-hmm. from. I think when, when you're talking about, like... Um, there, there's, there was rumors that Ben Mendelsohn might have been in the end of the, of, of um, Endgame, who was mm-hmm. he, he played a scroll in, in Captain Marvel. I don't think they really commented on that stuff, <laughs> you know. So I, I think it's just really more script stuff and and stuff that's been cut with those guys. So I don't really have an issue at all with that. And again, it's not on the screen, so I don't care. Yep. When it when it comes to J.K. Rowling and that type of thing, and honestly, I'm not a huge fan of speculation. So even like the Star Wars stuff, I'm, I'm I just don't even listen to it. Like the until I see, you know, if Luke's hand is used to create a clone, which is Ray, okay, then give me that. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll see that on screen and I'll accept it. But until then, if people start speculating that, I don't I don't care. I just don't whatever you know. Be be left to your own devices. Yep, I'm with you on that because I I I don't I actually don't like speculation. I'd rather just not think about it and then be surprised by whatever comes out. Because then if you speculate mm-hmm. and you're right, then fuck you. Like. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and th- and that's the whole issue now is why people get so upset at anything big nowadays is that 
people get mad when someone makes a movie that they didn't that they didn't want to see. Like it's not what they wanted to see. You know, like they they had these ideas in their head of like this is how Last Jedi should have been, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't that. It was a different movie, which was still entertaining as hell. And then people were like, "Oh, that's not what I wanted. That's not my Star Wars." Well, then go make your own fucking movie. Well, and you can't like we, that. You can't win because if you give them what they expected, then people bitch mm-hmm. about the Force Awakens being a retread of yeah. of a New Hope. So you can't win. You can't but win that, with geeks. And that's the thing is like when people when when Force Awakens came out or before Force Awakens after the prequels people were like I want to see more movies like the original trilogy and then um, they make a movie like the original trilogy and people freaked out mm-hmm. um, and and they're getting the same thing people are doing the same thing to to Endgame right now too you know people are are complaining it's not what they wanted to see and and they're giving backlash on it it's like you can't fucking win ever mm-hmm. because. People are people think they should be making these movies. Well, go make a good movie, and then you probably get to make one of those. Yeah. But until then, shut your fucking mouth and enjoy it, or don't go see it. Yep. I I agree with you. I think there's 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 critique of there's critique of how a movie is put together, and then there's cr- yes. critique of someone's artistic choice. Um, yeah. I'm thinking back to Sorry to Bother You last year, and you know we we didn't like the third act twist of that movie. But it's still, I mean, that's the movie. You know, we don't get to say mm-hmm. the movie should have been this and here's how they should have rewritten it. It's that guy's fucking movie. How we react mm-hmm. to it's on us, not on him. Um, yep. And so, yeah. And, and that's a whole that's a whole other issue with geek culture. But um, yeah, I think, so listeners out there, let us know what your thoughts are on the expansion of a film or a comic or a book outside of what is on the page or on the screen. Uh, do you like having the gaps filled in? Do you like extra little nuggets of info? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you appreciate it? Do you think it's annoying? Do you think it's unnecessary or do you just not care? Uh, let us know on the tweets. Uh, you have all the contact information, of course, in the description box. So let's, uh, let's move on and we're going to stick. We're going to, we're going to be Avengers adjacent without being Avengers. We've got a Mambo number five coming up. And since Avengers is now the number two movie all time, we decided to take a look back at the all-time box office movies worldwide. We looked at just the top 25 of those, and we're going to count down our top five from the biggest grossing movies of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. The first thing that jumped out to me on this, not all of these movies are good. <laughs> yeah, like, why don't, There's I'll, a difference between critically good movies and box office performing movies, and that, that yeah. stuck out to me in a big way. Uh, I'll just go ahead and read all all the 25 um, from 25 to 1 uh, real quick. This is as it stands right now. I feel like a few... I think this is probably going to change a little bit over the next few weeks. Like, Captain Marvel will probably move up a few few spots, and obviously I think Avengers will move up. But uh, So 25 is Skyfall. 24 is Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. 23 is Captain Marvel. That'll probably move up to maybe even the top 20 by the time it's done. Uh, 22 is Transformers Dark of the Moon. Holy balls, that shouldn't be anywhere near there. I liked it. 21 shocked me in Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I couldn't believe that made as much money as it yeah. did. That movie had legs, especially uh, overseas. Uh, 20 is Captain America Civil War, which starts the, or I guess no, Captain Marvel started the Marvel stuff, but um, in terms of the top 25. 19 is Minions. 18 is Iron Man 3. Uh, se- 17 is Fate of the Furious. 16 is Incredibles 2. Uh, 15 is Beauty and the Beast, the live action version. Uh, 14 is Frozen. 13 is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, 12 is Star Wars The Last Jedi. 11 is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, the only Harry Potter movie in the top 
25. Uh, 10 is Black Panther. 9 is Avengers Age of Ultron. 8 is Furious 7. 7 is Marvel's The Avengers. 6 is Jurassic World. Which is a fucking question we lost a trivia or a movie we lost a trivia question over that one <laughs> time. God that. damn it. Yeah. Pissed me off. Uh, five is Avengers Infinity War. Four was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Three is Titanic. Two is Avengers Endgame for now. And number one is Avatar with $2.788 billion. So this is, this is worldwide. Yeah, this is worldwide. And these, I mean, again, we talk about this every year when we do the Oscars critically great movies don't often make a lot of money. And so what we're looking at here are the popcorn appeal to everyone flicks that everyone's rushing out to on opening weekend. So this is a little different list. Um, and this is, this is for me, uh, was a difficult one to put together. And, uh, and so I, I had to employ a couple of, um, I don't know, sort of limits or thoughts or, um, guidelines for myself in order to, to make sense of this list, but I'm excited to get into it. And, and especially to see what your five are. Cause a lot of these are movies that we've not talked about before on the show. So I'm excited to see where you land on this. Number five. So I'm going to, I'm going to let folks in on this before I even jump in. I tried to mix up and not put more than one <laughs> of any like studio or property or anything in my top five. Right. I did not do that. So, yeah. So I, I don't have more than one Marvel or more than one Star Wars or anything like that. So I tried to mix it up a little bit. So maybe maybe this isn't a true top five, but I tried to, to vary it a little bit. And then I had a shitload of honorable mentions. So my number five, uh, Incredibles 2. That's a kick the can, son. Oh, okay. I'm shocked to hear you have it higher. But yeah, oh, let's kick it. What's your number five? Um, I think this is going to be also kick the can. <laughs> Uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens yeah, we're gonna is my kick number that. five. We're going to kick that one as well. Let's go to four. Okay. Number four. I, I doubt you have this one. I have Skyfall here, James Bond. I do not have that. So, you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so this was number 25 on the list. And I think I've been a fan. Not everyone is, but I've been a huge fan of the Daniel Craig, James Bond movies. And I think Skyfall was really uh, sort of the peak of them. Uh, Casino Royale is my favorite, but um, it's not on this list. So... The, the new, the latest four or so uh, James Bond movies all have the same, it's a single story, which is different mm-hmm. from what we've seen in the past. And Skyfall kind of peaks that story, and then Spectre is kind of a letdown. But uh, Judy Dench is doing great stuff here. Daniel Craig is awesome. Ah, the dame. Daniel Craig is still giving a shit in this movie. You get, you start to see some of the, we talked about Gotham earlier, some of the characters that we know and love from old James Bond movies become themselves in Skyfall, which is really interesting. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. I love James Bond, so if it's if I'm gonna if you give me a chance to use James Bond on a list, I'm I'm gonna fucking do it. So that's my number four. I think the only one I've seen of the new ones is uh, in, in, its, in its entirety anyway is Casino Royale, and I love that movie. Oh God, it's great. It's a good one. Yeah, um, my number four is the the can that has been kicked uh, from your last one, Incredibles two. Yeah, Incredibles two is just such a fun, such a fun movie, and it had a lot of heart to it, it had a lot of depth to it too, and. I think it had, I mean, honestly, it had more, more, more depth to it than the first. Like, I think the first one is probably on the whole, like a, a more entertaining movie, but the second one had a lot of like interesting depth to it in terms of like, um, the whole like male female relationship and, in, in you know, in like a marriage and stuff like that. Um, like being a father in terms of like Mr. Incredible and, and trying to raise the kids and all that by on his own, you know, women in the workplace is kind of a topic in that one. I think the only thing too, like that would have brought it down for me was just the uh 
the uh, the like the villain was kind of weak mm-hmm. in this one compared to to the first one. But other than that, I mean, it was an excellent movie. It bangs. We loved it. I I remember we did a ride home for it last summer and just raved about it. And it's a shame that it got so overshadowed by Spider-Man uh, into the Ugh. Spider-Verse at the end of the year. And when it came to Oscars, cause I think in most years, Incredibles would have won. I do. I think Spider-Man but, is better, but I do love Incredibles oh, yeah. too. It was very good. And it, I think it benefited from the long break in between uh, the original and the sequel. And, but it did pick up right where it left off. And these characters are such a blast. And uh, I would go to an event or an Incredibles three, I don't know if they have one in the works, but uh, I would absolutely love to go back to that world. I love just the whole aesthetic of the world they live in. It's a weird place out of time. Um, they're a great team together. You know, outside of the Avengers movies, they're the best probably superhero team up movie. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things. I'm glad that you had it on your list. I was surprised though. Number three. So I put Avatar here and... Most of that comes from the technological achievement of it all, because you can watch, I mean, 10 years later, you can watch Avatar and it looks better than 99% of movies that we watch today. (laughs) And that is really incredible. I saw it in 3D. It was one of the first like digital 3D movies that I watched without the blue and red uh, glasses. It was the first like real D movie that Mm. I watched and it was incredible. (laughs) Like, yeah, (laughs) real D, right? Oh, that's nasty. Um, it's not I, like narratively it's fine um, it's got great action it's got pretty good performances um, but I think it's the visuals that stick out the most I mean they really take you to that world to Pandora and you know hopefully we'll get these fucking sequels I don't know but uh, what kept it from being the top you know my, my list doesn't exactly mirror the top grossing um, was I just think it doesn't do a lot with its plot you know, um, it's pretty mm-hmm. paint by numbers, but the execution of it all was expert. And so that's why I have it at three. Did they ever obtain, oh, what's, what's that called? <laughs> the thing that they're looking for? It's really hard. Uh, it's like almost, you can't get it. Uh, what's it called? The can't, the can't grab the thing. Is that what it's called? Can't, can't get him. Can't get him. Can't get him. Yeah. 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 God, it's the dumbest thing. <laughs> they did. They ended um, up getting some. So I guess it's getting Yeah, they now. did. <laughs> also, for, uh, for th- fucks who want to correct us, we know it's unobtainium. We're making a joke. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want people thinking they're better at trivia than us, Seth. <laughs> well, there were people who were better at better, better than us at uh, MCU trivia. Yeah, they're nerds, though. Yeah. Well, speaking of MCU, my number three is the original Avengers, Marvel's The Avengers. It's one of those things, like, now that it's nostalgic, which is weird to think about. But, you know, it's I, I, just, I still remember going to see that movie and just, like, the just how they built up to all that and eventually got to what we thought at the time was like, they'll never get to this again. <laughs> and, and then, and then you see the gif of everyone being in the fucking, you know, shot, but of the newest movie. But yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane that we've come from this movie to where we are now, but that movie in itself, like was such a big deal. And, and it's, it, it has, it has like, it, it has, it has a ton of heart to it. it. Has the comedy. It has the action. It has really the beginnings of everything that's that we've that we've come to to really love. So yeah, original Avengers. That is a good one. Uh, at the time, wasn't at was at one point number three all time behind Avatar and Titanic. Mm. It's been passed by several others since then. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think well deserving of a spot. I didn't have it on my list, but uh, but I'm, I'm I don't fault you for putting it on yours. I thought you might. Number two. My number two is I think. One of very few movies on this entire list that can be considered critically good 
in a Titanic. And hmm. I I never really talk about Titanic because it's been so long since I've seen it, but I do love that movie. Like, that's a really good fucking movie. I don't, and I know, like, most of the time when we talk about Titanic, now it's about the box office, but it, it was expertly done. Cameron is doing a lot with effects in here. The way they show the ship going down is incredible. Leo is doing some of his best work with Kate Winslet. They're both incredible in this. There's a banging cast. Kathy Bates is in this. There's 100 stars in it. Um, and it's just one of those... I mean, obviously it won a thousand Oscars, um, but it's 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 a it's an Oscar movie that is barely on the side of digestible. So it had mass mm-hmm. appeal, but was also very good and very well made. And so I think Titanic. It's it's you'd be hard pressed to find a movie better from a critical, you know, textbook critical standpoint. You'd be hard pressed to find a lot of movies better than Titanic. I think too. We got it. We got to blame. Is it is it James Cameron who did that? Yeah. Okay, we got to blame him for probably at least half of the plastic problem we're going to have over the next few years because that came with two videotapes and now they're all they're all in landfills everywhere because no one has has VHSs anymore. So I, I think I think we need to probably come back to him if if he's swimming and looking for the actual Titanic, he's probably going to have to go swim and and uh, clean up the oceans and and find all those VHSs that are probably buried in underneath the the sea. Fucking James Cameron. Yeah. Uh, my number two uh, is another Avengers movie. <laughs> it's uh, Avengers Infinity War. I thought you were going to say Age of Ultron. Um, no, not quite. This one I put above the original Avengers, just like I did when we talked about it a year ago. Uh, just because it it did something completely different. It did something that no one expected them to do. Um, I mean, besides the ending, it, I mean, it was it was an excellent movie. It, you know, it... It took all these characters that we we've grown to to know and love over that ten years at that point, and and uh, put them in different groups and and kind of re- reinvent a lot of that, and it mixed the 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 brevity and and also the comedy, and and really did an amazing job over two and a half two you know two hours forty minutes of uh, you know kind of at the time what we thought was was telling the story of Thanos, and that obviously didn't. Uh, you know, really come to complete fruition until the next movie. But it really was a Thanos movie too, uh, over everything else. And we never seen the the best villain we've ever seen in a superhero movie, minus maybe Joker and Dark Knight. You know, it just it, it was an incredible event, um, and kind of led into what we you know saw this this year. Yeah, we certainly wouldn't have Endgame without a perfect tee sh- tee up. And they, I mean, to make a golf uh, to make a golf analogy, they they dropped it within a foot of the pin. Uh, on their approach shot and just had to tap it in <laughs> an end game to make $2 billion yeah. in two weeks. So I think, yeah, most <laughs> of, most of what I think uh, Avengers Endgame is able to do is because of infinity war. And it's probably never going to really get that credit, but I'm sure Feige will be stoked that you included it on your list and that will make up for all of the, all of the yeah. not attention it gets. He's going to be, he's going to be really happy that, that the so host of uh, the nationally beloved, and uh, award-winning podcast has never won an award. So host <laughs> has, has uh, granted the Infinity War number two spot. <laughs> By the way, on Avengers, four of the top ten movies of all time are the Avengers mm-hmm. movies. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Number one. Hey, before we even started this list, you knew I was going The Force Awakens. Uh, it's yeah. my favorite Star Wars movie. I, I very specifically remember the entire day that we went to this movie. 
and um, <laughs> partially because I was sick and fucked up on cough syrup when we went to the movie, and that's a specific memory <laughs> that I have, and we had to sit right up front. But um, oh, the worst seats we've ever had for a movie. It's uh, even despite that being a horrible way to watch a movie. I mean, it nailed me every time, and uh, mm-hmm. it was. I'll never forget having fucking tears in my eyes watching the opening credits of Star Wars, and I've never experienced anything like that before or since. And so, you know, Star Wars still still trumps MCU as as much as I felt and loved Endgame. Star Wars still trumps MCU because it goes back a little further for me. So that that's why it was able to edge out um, all the other stuff for number one for me. No, I, I definitely uh, uh, the Force Awakens was an event, and probably up until. Uh, Endgame, which I mean, is my number one. Um, <laughs> it was the most, and I wasn't even a huge Star Wars fan. Like we we had watched all of them because I had seen bits and pieces and probably like whole movies if I put it together of most of them in my life. But I never really sat down and watched all of them. So we watched every single one leading up to the Force Awakens because you had bought them. <laughs> so. When we when we saw the Force Awakens, I was excited and I did really love that movie. It was it was a fun time. Again, not as big of a Star Wars fan as you are, and I don't think I could ever be that. But you know, it it was a really cool time, a really cool event. It was the pack up until Endgame, the most packed I'd ever seen a theater. Um, the worst, like, like I said, the worst seats I've ever had a theater. But such a fun time, and it was it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, my number one is definitely is Endgame. It is the only movie on this list that, uh, at least the top twenty-five that I've ever squirted a few out of multiple orifices during. (laughs) I just think Avengers and Marvel came at a time in my life and during certain events in my life that, especially the first one, I needed it and it took me away from a lot of things that I didn't want to think about and just to see, especially like the first movie too. For we we were in high school when the first when Iron Man came out and you know just like just the length of time. It's like, it's like how a lot of people had star Wars back in the day, you know, like the first star Wars movie came out when a lot of people were in like elementary, middle high school, that type of thing. And then, you know, the third one came and, you know, people freaked out and, you know, it was such an event, same thing here, but this is instead of three movies, it's 22, you know, we, we've seen the entirety of this and the, uh, this Avengers with how it all ended and, and the things that happened in it, it's, it was, it was a really the perfect way in multiple ways with multiple characters to end this. And it's a movie that is going to be up there for a long time is, is one of my favorites. It's not my number one movie of the year, but it's, it's going to be hard to supplant it from, from where it's at though. But I, 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 it's a movie I'm going to see again and it's a movie I'm going to think about for a very, very long time. So you're certainly not the only one Avengers Endgame. Uh, you had to have known um, if we told people we could go, what our what our, um, our, top five were for this week's mambo i think they might have guessed our number ones respectively but um let us know this was a fun one it was nice to kind of see the variety and the also the lack of variety that uh, that exists in the top 25 <laughs> movies of all time so we're going to link to that list on box office mojo let us know what your top five are what did we miss out are you a fast and the furious fan or frozen maybe we didn't include those on our list iron man 3 i know has got some fans yo yo myself included but um let us know what some of your thoughts were, what suggestions you would make for changing up our Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All right. Uh, let's move forward from our Mambo number five and let's make the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. 
And by the way, I watched the Fuck You, That's My Name from Glengarry Glen Ross. I watched that scene again the last couple of days. It still bangs. So I'm just going to go watch it. <laughs> For those who don't know, Making the quota, I give Cody a classic quote. It might not be classic. It might not be recognizable for the most part. Um, usually it's funny or weird. And Cody has to guess the movie it's from, the actor or character. Um, usually pretty lenient with all that stuff. But the quote this week is, I'm going to go have a smoke right now. You want to smoke? You don't smoke, do you? Right? What are you? One of those fitness freaks, huh? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> what? Um... Mm, that sounds familiar. What are you, one of those fitness freaks, huh? Go fuck yourself. Um, I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna go have a smoke right now. <laughs> you want to smoke? You don't smoke, do you? Right? What are you, one of those fitness freaks, huh? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> For whatever reason, Anchorman Two jumped into my head. That is I'm not right. Sure, I'm pretty sure that's not right. Um, Very far off. <laughs> is that uh, is that from like The Departed? <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. So is that um, Matt Damon? It is not. It, it's funny because you mentioned Glengarry Glen, Glen Ross. Is it? Is Alec Baldwin in The Departed? Yeah, he plays a character named Ellerby. Oh, I forgot he was in that movie. So it is yeah. The Departed. Yep. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that was a stab in the fucking dark. <laughs> but the Departed, though fucking bangs yeah um i'm not even gonna consult the you we're making, we're making the departed at th- this week's retro recommend huh i didn't watch the departed until like 10 years after it came out and when i did i was like fuck me for not having watched this 100 times <laughs> I'm glad that I got that so you didn't have to repeat because that's like that's a, huh? that's a it's a weird quote to repeat a bunch of times. And he's like, you don't smoke, do you? You don't. You do. Huh? Yeah, you do. But it's one guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do we got? We got Alec Baldwin in The Departed. The Departed. Departed. The Departed. This weekend, making the quota. Why did I go to Minnesota? <laughs> oh, my God. I went to Minnesota. I'm supposed to be, what is it, New York? No, Boston. Boston. Is it Boston or New York? Boston. 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 <laughs> What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. Oh my god, you never need to move to Massachusetts ever in your life because you would be fucking thrown out if you tried that again. <laughs> Boston. Boston. <laughs> I, I would get beat up so much in oh my Boston. God. Because I'm kind of Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> you sound like you spell it with an I-N instead of an O-N at the end. Who's, who's Bastin. in Bastin? Bastin. 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 It's actually, it's B-A-S-T apostrophe N. Bastin. <laughs> you tell me that's not how you do it? Boston. Boston? Boston. Boston. I don't know. I can't <laughs> know. do Boston sometimes. Uh, clam chowder at Hatties. That's what I can do. Hatties. I don't know. The more, the more I say, you ever say the word a bunch of times and then it sounds silly no matter how you say it. That's that's Boston for me. Watch, watch, watch the Departed, and um, and that that's our retro recommend. And apparently, I'm I just I'm learning now. I'm bad at the Boston accent. Yeah. So it's not, yeah doesn't doesn't pl- doesn't take place in the Big Apple. No. Not in the Big Apple. 
Oh my God. Um, so we, uh, that's it for quotes. Uh, traditionally this is where I would, uh, talk about my big old movie adventure, but, uh, this past week I was traveling, uh, didn't get a chance to watch, but I am, uh, in the month of May working my way through some of the iconic trilogies of all time. Uh, I have the Godfather on my list. I'm hoping to watch Austin all Powers. those. Uh, maybe Austin Powers, uh, The Matrix. They're on Netflix. Been, been a while since I rewatched The Matrix, all of which are on Netflix, Seth. So, so is Austin Powers. Those. Oh, yeah. Uh, Austin Powers also, maybe. Um, so a lot of trilogies out there. If there's a trilogy that you think I should watch, Austin hit Powers. us up on, on the tweets or uh, wherever it is you want to reach us and, uh, and you know, send me a couple suggestions. And, uh, you know, maybe it's Dumb and Dumber, which uh, Jared suggested. Uh, Maybe it's the Dark Knight trilogy. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know. Could be anything. Let, let me know Austin what you Powers. want me to watch. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to pick them for myself. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'll watch Austin Powers. We'll see. But uh, that's the movie adventure. Uh, back next week, I will have finished at least one trilogy by then. So uh, more to come on that. But for this week, we did see a couple movies over the weekend. Let's get into a couple of reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. I, uh... We we got to go together to the movies for the first time in a long time, <laughs> and uh, I I'm excited to review this one because I really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. Long shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. We both tried to go to advanced screenings and couldn't, so we had to we had to watch it with all the poor people uh, last weekend. And so you know it's funny I, as I think back, I don't remember a ton about this movie specifically. We, we had had a couple of drinks beforehand, but. Um, I know that I had a really fun time. I thought it was very funny. Surprisingly had some heart to it. And mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest surprise for me was the chemistry between Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, which I thought was yeah. real and and did not seem hokey like in other movies of this. So I thought this this nailed, for me, everything that it set out to do, it nailed. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of those that it had like genuine laughs like it was really really funny in in a lot of places i mean it was it's a seth rogan movie so there's some you know dick jokes and things like that but there there's a lot of humor in between him and charlie's theron they make charlie's theron who is traditionally in her movies she kind of is not the most likable i guess she's she's usually like very in the movies i've seen her in anyway she's kind of like one of those like seems like powerful or like just like better than everyone else type of people you know Mm -hmm. and she kind of plays that in here in terms of like her status because she's secretary of state i think is what she is but when she's interacting with with seth rogan's character she like has just like this likability to her she she has a likability to her that i've never seen her have in a movie before i think part of it is unfortunately i mean and not unfortunately but i mean just she she's so attractive that she's got like one of those people that you never like have that girl next door type of vibe for. But in this movie, you almost have that because like the way mm-hmm. they set her up in this as being someone that Seth Rogen had a crush on when he was a kid, and she was kind of like one of those. She was like an activist type thing, and when she was younger, so she wasn't like the the preppy type. That's the type of person I guess she kind of plays. Not preppy, but like popular and like. Like I said, above everyone else. And and she didn't really have that in this role. And so, like, when she's interacting with Seth Rogen, you see that, like, younger person. She does a good job of portraying that younger type person. And so her chemistry and the way she comes off and and the, just, just, like, her general joy, I guess, you can see in that, in those moments. And, and it really made me buy into her. Like, 
I bought that her and Seth Rogen were like a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, like you said, I, I think I even enjoyed this more movie more than you did. I had such a good time with it. I loved their chemistry. I loved the, the comedy in the movie. I, it just, it just all worked for me. And, and, and I, I walked out of that just feeling real good and happy and, and like, I didn't really have a whole lot of issues with it. Yeah, I really didn't either. Uh, another shout out too, and I can't, I can't, I don't have her name in front of me, but the the woman who's sort of like the the main, um, uh, I don't know, like campaign manager slash like head of head of um, uh, head of staff for Charlize Theron, her like her like right hand woman. Uh, she is hilarious in this. Uh, she's kind of an opponent of the whole Charlize and Seth Rogen thing the whole time, and is hilarious every time everything she says is basically shitting on seth rogan i think uh, o'shea jackson jr is uh, seth rogan's best pal and he's very funny in this and he he's in a role that you don't you haven't seen him in yet um that is very rewarding i, I mean it really it nailed everything for me and the more i think mm-hmm. about it the higher it it kind of raises in terms of my ranking i think this also does um a couple other things it, it has some social it has some social commentary around the role of women and men. Mm-hmm. And it also has some political commentary about the current state of things. But with that though, I will say it never went too overt into that side of things. Like mm-hmm. there are some jokes that are probably, that are definitely about Trump, but they don't go like yeah. so at it that it's very obvious and eye rolling. They're subtle enough. And so I think, I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it at once has political things about it. It has gender things about it. Um, and, and it, and it pulls off the chemistry between the two leads and it's believable and it's funny and it's smart and it's got emotion. I mean, it, it nailed across the board, but stuck Mm -hmm. the landing and, uh, I haven't put it yet on my list of movies I've watched this year, but, um, I think it's going to feature highly on it when Mm -hmm. I do get to that point. It's definitely up there for me. Um, yeah, like you said, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is awesome as his as his buddy. Um, Bob Odenkirk played the the president, so yeah, Saul from Better Call Saul. He is great because yeah, like he's he's a he's a movie star first, um, and or a TV star, and he wants to. The, the whole premise is that he doesn't want to be president again. He doesn't want to go for a second term because he wants to go go to the movies and TV and stuff, which is kind of a commentary on on Trump a bit, which is funny. Um, they do a good job of that, but yeah, he's really good. Um, that. The actress you're saying, the campaign manager, is June Diane Raphael. She's been in a bunch of shit. Just kind of like little bit parts that you've seen her in. Uh, she's in Blocker. She's in oh, which, New Girl. She's in a bunch of episodes of Sadie, which is Nick's ex-girlfriend. Um, so she's been in a bunch of stuff. But yeah, she was really good. Just the, the casting in general is perfect. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those movies like going into it, I just didn't have a lot of expectations for but i walked out definitely blown away in terms of what my expectations were <laughs> and uh yeah it's 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 high up in my rankings for the year so far so it's a good romantic comedy without being too much of a romantic comedy and mm-hmm. uh, it's it definitely leans more on the comedy side of things so uh definitely recommend it's it falls on the i love it side of things for me no oh, we certainly agree on that we both love it we're both giving it high recommendations i think everyone can find something to enjoy about this movie so if you're if you're a listener of this show you're gonna like long shot go check it out in theaters and uh and we think you're gonna we think you're gonna dig it so go check it out taking a hard and sharp turn into a totally different kind of movie oh um, it's the same this is one that you saw but i have not i'm waiting on good reviews to watch this movie so I, it's up to you if you like this movie to sell it to me okay um it's one it's one that we've been talking about for a while it got moved up in the year uh, we expected to see it around Oscar time, but now it's out in May. Netflix original Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy. I'll let you say the title because it's too fucking long for me. 
It is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. And it is said, that is said in the movie by John Malkovich, <laughs> which is kind of fun to hear him say it because I love his voice. This movie, I'm not going to say the title again because it's super long, Ted Bundy movie. Um, Zach Efron plays Ted Bundy. Lily Collins plays um, his uh, girlfriend slash fiance. And let me pull up her name. Uh, Liz. Liz is her name. Uh, I meant to finish. She is pretty, but she's also pretty important to the story. <laughs> um, so this is interesting in that, you know, when, when you hear the Ted Bundy stuff, like I know there's that documentary uh, series or whatever on Netflix that I didn't watch, but it's the Ted Bundy tapes, which is actually was directed by the same guy. The person who directed this directed um, ex- who directed the, the documentary thing, directed the movie, uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. So it's, kind of framed a little bit in I guess not really I mean it's it's kind of it's not necessarily presented in like a the murderous type of way so basically the way this movie is is really more of like a a, a drama romance movie as opposed to like a you know a true crime murder movie um you really don't see any murder in this and and it's framed from the perspective of uh Liz and Ted's relationship. It starts from the beginning of the relationship. Like they, they mention these murders and they kind of pepper that in. And obviously like through it, you know that, you know, he has stuff involved with it, but you never see, you know, him, they, you know, these mention these girls like get murdered and stuff, but you never see him go do that. You know, they give him, give him like his, his excuses to where he's been and stuff like that, but they don't ever show him going to do it which is which is really interesting i didn't expect it the way they did it because it honestly like through the majority of the movie um they don't explicitly say ted bundy did this <laughs> you know like they they kind of give you reasonable doubt to be like did he do it in a way they also make you feel for like feel per, like feel strong strongly towards liz and and ted in in certain certain situations because they, they really set a foundation of their relationship and like the love they had for each other. And then when stuff starts to unravel with Ted, it's you, you kind of feel for Liz and where she's at emotionally. It's, it's an interesting and different type of movie that I didn't expect. I, I really honestly thought there was going to be a bunch of like creepy murder stuff going on. And there isn't that it's, it's more of a, like I said, more of a love story and more of uh, the, 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 the failure of love in, in the end of it. In terms of the performances, I mean, both Lily Collins is, is really good, but goddamn it, Zach Efron is good in this movie. He fucking disappeared instantly as Ted Bundy. I've only really seen Zach Efron be kind of an idiot in a lot of stuff. He's got some serious acting chops, though. Yeah, like, like I said, he was, he was Ted Bundy right away. Uh, he is... Ted Bundy is super charming and charismatic and, and um, convincing, in a, in, in a lot of this movie, when shit starts to break down or stuff doesn't go his way, you see that malice in his eyes and you can tell like that's where the killer is. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> like he flips a switch and it's really, really impressive to see Zac Efron do this. Um, I, I mean, I was bought in right away with this. So I'm very impressed with that. Um, I really hope to see more of him do more serious stuff. I mean, he's he's a funny guy, a good actor in, in some of those movies, but... I really want to see him kind of dive deep more into this, into this, you know, heavy material because he does an excellent job in this movie. 
I mean, is the movie on on the whole is it is it amazing? No, I I can't really point my finger at what's bad about it. There's nothing bad about it necessarily. I mean, I guess I guess you could say that in a way they kind of glorify him partially, I guess, because they don't really until later on in the movie show him as they don't really give like the 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 full on evidence that he did this stuff. The way they reveal it's really cool. Um, cause obviously no, you know, everyone knows Ted Bundy's guilty and a, a murderer. So like, that's not a surprise or a spoiler, but the way they do it is really cool. So I, I, I liked the, the reveal at the end and, and I actually liked that they didn't make this a gory murder fest of a movie. I liked that it was more of a grounded other side. Like you don't often see like the other side of things, like how it affects the loved ones. And, and honestly, like this is such a unique story of like how, his fiance girlfriend slash fiance and Liz didn't know any of this, you know, like there were signs and stuff, but like she never understood, she never really knew what, how much of a monster he was. And so she, it's a, a lot of grief that she has to display in, in this, in this movie that in Lily Collins that has to do that. And she does an awesome job of it. Cause you know, it's, it's hard. Cause like you want her to be like, stop caring about him, but how could she not? Because it was, she, you know, he was their entire life type of thing. It's really interesting. It's it's different. It's a very different type of serial killer movie. And I, I like that they did that. I think some people, it might turn some people off because it might feel like he, he was, they were glorifying Ted Bundy in a way. I think by the end of it, they, they kind of, you know, pedal back on that a bit. But I, 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 some people are probably going in thinking they wanted to see you know, the, the gore and the, the actual murders and stuff. I didn't need that necessarily. And I think for me, I enjoyed it more because of that. And because we really got to see, this is way more of a character study than I thought going into it. And that's, I love a good character study, a good, you know, solid acting performance. And I think that's what I got out of it. So I, I did enjoy it, you know, enjoy it more than, than I think a lot of people did. Again, it, it, it didn't completely like grab me it didn't completely make me say this is one of the best movies of the year but i enjoyed it i, I had a good i wouldn't say a good time with it but i had i think I, I i i appreciated more of this movie than most people did yeah i i would say if you're into the true crime stuff and or just more into a good performance or character study check it out i'm gonna fall more on the i love it side um i can see where people get turned off by it too so if you're if, if this if that type of stuff is not your cup of tea and if you are maybe kind of sensitive to the and I'm not saying sensitive in a bad way it's just something that that you know kind of get might get you worked up or whatever based off of the murder or like the way that all the the Ted Bundy murders went down then don't watch it but if you're into the character study if you're into the the good good performances or just into the Ted Bundy story and want to know more definitely check it out so i think the um I think the thing about this that's nice for me is I don't, I'm not really into true crime at all, but this sounds like you said, it's not that it's, you know, characters. And Mm -hmm. that makes me a little more likely to see it. Um, I'm glad to hear that, that Zac Efron is so good. Um, There was buzz early on about him and about this movie coming out later in the year. Do you think this performance, you you know, you said some nice things. Does it have the legs to get him into Oscar season? No, I I don't think it does. I, I don't think we'll be talking about his performance in, in, uh, you know, December, or January, or whatever. I, I just think, I, I think, I mean, he does an amazing job. I just don't think it's one of those, like, I mean, because he does transform into it, but it, it's just, I mean, if, if Ethan Hawke didn't get it for first reform last year, I don't think that 
Zach Efron's going to get it this year. I, I think if I'm comparing performances, I mean they're they're a little bit different performances, but I thought Ethan Hawke was kind of more of a master performance in first reform last year mm-hmm. compared to to this. I just don't think it's going to have that type of run. The the earliest movie last year probably was like uh, John David Washington and Black Klansman, Black Klansman, and I think that that type of performance a little bit different here, a little bit more mainstream, and I think. The materially around material around it probably isn't going to get Zach Efron to to January February Oscar time. Well, it's a shame, but uh, good to know that you know he's showing you something here, and he's certainly still a young hot guy, so he's he's going to have his chances, and uh, certainly a promising career for him to come. Uh, I love Lily Collins too, so glad to hear that that she's doing work in this, and uh, yeah, it sounds like something that I think some of our listeners are really going to enjoy. Seth loves it. Uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile can be found on Netflix now. It's a Netflix original. So check that out if you like. Let us know what you thought. That is going to be almost it. Almost it for this week's show. But before we wrap it up, let's give him one more thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. So I want to uh, point folks to... I've talked about the show on this show before uh, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj on Netflix is one of my favorite things going. It's again, it's one of those daily show um, last week tonight type infotainment comedy shows uh, where they're doing a deep dive into some topic uh, like sneakers or like the Indian election or Supreme uh, and doing a deep dive. And then it's pretty funny too, because Hassan's a comic. Um, what I just found out earlier today, though, is that Patriot Act has a pretty cool YouTube page as well. So right now they're in between seasons, but they're posting a lot of um, vignettes and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and between-the-scenes stuff where Hassan is just kind of talking to his crowd and answering questions and things uh, during the shooting. So there's lots of great stuff on there. So if you're a, if you're a fan of that show like I am, uh, go check them out on YouTube. I'll link to their, uh, their profile Uh, in the description box so after you're done subscribing at jared buckendall you can go over to patriot act and do that as well uh great stuff if you like the show if you don't like the show i would recommend checking it out on netflix uh patriot act with hassan minaj and uh yeah i think a lot of listeners of this show are are gonna like that one word so we've talked a lot about uh end game this episode and that's not gonna stop here there was a so, so the as everyone knows i'm a big fan of kevin smith get to see him again in october very excited about that but he this week on his podcast, Smodcast, um, he had the writers of Endgame. Uh, they also wrote Infinity War. They also wrote all the Captain Americas. Worked closely with the Russos and everything. But they, they were on the, on the show, and, you know, because they're done now with the MCU, they were able to kind of talk about, or at least for now, done with the MCU, they are kind of able to talk in depth more about Endgame and, and just their journey with Marvel in general. And really really interesting stuff if you you know if you're a big fan of the mcu and 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 endgame and all that definitely recommend checking this one out it they they kind of really go in depth uh, about their again their journey but also kind of decisions how they how they made decisions how marvel makes decisions i mean because that's kind of a crazy thing to think about with you know the 22 movies and everything that they put together it's hard to keep all that in track. And, and so they, you know, they have these, they have like these uh, kind of brainstorming sessions and things like that. They take these scripts and go page by page to make sure everything lines up and they beat them down and they, they break them down and they, they make sure that 
everything aligns and also is you know worthy of of that screen time um and, and all that stuff and um it, it's crazy to hear because like you know it's such a big operation now that you know they they spend so much time on all this stuff and make sure everything is perfect and that's i mean that's probably what puts them above you know your dcs and things like that is because they they are so meticulous with the details and that's why we love all these movies you know like all these avengers movies are you know so highly rated and critically acclaimed and things is because there's nothing really wasted in these movies because they spend so much time to make sure they're perfect and and so it you know, there's so it's a two hour podcast, so there's a lot of other stuff they go into. Recommend checking it out for sure, though. If if you are a big fan of Marvel, you're not going to get much Kevin Smith material, so I'm not saying this will make a Kevin Smith fan, but and, and if he's not talking for a lot of it, it's because they're giving so much information away. Um, it's also funny too because these guys, their name is Marcus and and McFeely, um, and McFeely. I think I don't know if Marcus is, but McFeely is a is a is a Mr. Rogers thing. <laughs> and uh and, and so there's some some kind of funny like mr mr robert mr rogers reference in the in the title of the podcast and everything like that but um no it's it's i i honestly until a couple of days ago i didn't know that they were really like the minds behind all this like you a lot of times you give the credits to the russos and they're definitely a big driving factor but really it's these guys that have kind of made the mcu what it is because it's a lot of this shit is their ideas um Maybe not the action stuff, but really the story and, and how it's flowed and everything is a lot of their original ideas. Um, you know, Kevin Feige has shaped it and molded it into to what it is, uh, the overall arc. But like these big ones, all of these, you know, Captain America is your Winter Soldier, which is, you know, still one of the best critically acclaimed movies. Your Civil War is your Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame. Endgame. That is because of them. So check it out if you have a chance. That's good stuff. I know that's one thing that I'm certainly going to take a look at because I love all that inside baseball stuff. So, um. yeah, if you if you have any aspirations of just writing, like if you ever want to hear how a screenplay is written, especially like the biggest screenplay ever written, or I guess most likely ever written, um, that that's just inter- interesting in general. And these guys now have to move on. They even talk about it a little bit. They they have to move on from being a part of this huge franchise and working with seventy characters or whatever to now going back to writing things that are with two, three, four, five characters and, and smaller scale. And that's what they want to do now, but it's hard, it's hard to kind of adjust from that. So that even that's an interesting thing to hear. Hmm. Man, wild stuff. Uh, we're going to link to that in the description box. So make sure you check that one out as well. Uh, when you're done listening to all the episodes of the SoCo show, then you go over and listen to that one. Uh, yeah. But until yeah. then. <laughs> I was going to say, you have to listen to all our episodes four times before you listen to that. There you go. That's the limit. And then that link will be waiting for you right here on episode 93. So we got uh, Screenwriters and Patriot Act this week in One More Thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. That's going to bring us to the end of episode number 93. Once again, don't forget to get over to the YouTubes. At Jared Buckendall. Subscribe to Jared's page. Watch the, uh, the new Honest Match video. Uh, so you can hear gems like... I really like feet. Uh, I promise you're going to enjoy <laughs> that. So make sure you check that out. And then you'll understand why we're using that sounder so much uh, from here on out. So uh, it'll be good context for you going forward. Hit the description box for all of the ways to get a hold of us. Uh, all the links to the stories we discussed today. And uh, yeah, give us a shout out. Let us know uh, what you think of the show, what you think of the stories we talked about. And of course, uh, the highest compliment you can pay is to uh, recommend us to a friend. Uh, certainly, we want you to bring more folks to the party. And um, yeah, that, that'd be pretty cool if, uh, you know, 
the uh, audience of people were more people. That's always good, right? That's the point, I guess, of a podcast for people to listen to it. So do that. Did you just have a stroke? I, I don't know. I, I got I got down a, th- a slope and then I started slipping. What's it called? A slippery you, slope. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. I, I'm I'm out. I, I'm out of gas. I'm out of gas for this podcast, folks. So uh, so let's land what land this one on the runway. He is the so host Seth Ott, and I am the co-host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. I really like feet. Oh, yeah.